Hey, friends. It's good to see you again. I'm Brian. And I'm Joe. Let's, Let's start, start the show. show. All right, we're starting the show. Ready or not, here we come. Here we come. We're fresh off the, um, fresh back from the BHA Rendezvous 2020. Back from on the road um, to the rendezvous. And so for those of you who have no idea what the, that is, it's the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers event. That's like uh, they invite all the different sort of chapters from all the different states around the United States. And they come here and they talk about hunting and fishing and what you wear when you do those things and where you can walk and how to have gear to find your way back from those places when you're walking there and what boots what boots are cool to wear maybe this year it was and it was an eye-opener for me i mean i'm not a person that would ever i before this was in, introduced to me i had no idea what it was i was like oh that i was okay so it's a a nonprofit that uh, kind of they do their thing with they keep an eye on the politicians and the rich people and make sure they don't sell off our public lands so we can continue to hunt and fish and hike and camp and do all the stuff and enjoy all of our beautiful naturific things that we just <laughs> did you just say naturific yeah <laughs> and we just yeah so that's what they're doing and so what it felt like was just like a trade show for camouflage manufacturers and fishing poles and knife makers. But there was also the conservation part of it and a brew fest. So, I mean, uh, and and you know there was a bunch of uh, speakers there as well that that talked about different things. Uh, you know, we'll we'll have to dive into the specifics of some of those. You know, mm -hmm. um, but that's what we're talking about today. But that yeah, that's what we're talking about. We won tickets through Alpen Fuel, who uh, day one. Uh, sat with me and ate dinner with me and invited me to come set up my tent right next to his and so that was pretty cool uh sean thank you for uh making our weekend that much more enjoyable and also um just the opportunity to to use those tickets and uh we we appreciate it i'm sorry i, I have somebody messaging me from this weekend right now and so i'm slightly distracted okay so um, so, um i'll take over for a little bit okay you you just take over John. um let me think what, what did i do first okay here's what i did first i was like i spent not enough time thinking about well what am i going to bring with me other than i'm pretty sure i'm going to be in a tent and doing like a mild camping situation so First things first, the, the night before I got out my tent and I made sure I had enough steaks in there and it seemed pretty complete, so I was happy with that. And I got a little uh, tiny foam, super cheap foam mat for the ground to sleep on and a uh, very old, I mean, very old military issue, um, before my time old, um, military issue sleeping bag. And I got some of this. And so I was like, okay, well, what do I want to eat? I'm not, you know, so I, I was like, I like pistachios. I got some Fig Newtons. And I, uh, I tried this thing where I got one of these food holders, these double insulated metal food holder jars with a lid. And I put in there some steel cut oats and some chia seeds um, and some raisins, you know. And I, um, and I just want to touch on, like, can finish that, that particular story. Uh, because I was just trying to see, like, well, how hard is it to just toss some stuff together? You know, I was thinking about Alpen Fuel and, like, you know, he was talking about all the research and development it took to, you know, get some oatmeal and some chunks of 
stuff in a bag and get it to people who wanted to eat it in the back country. And I thought, well, how hard could it be? <laughs> and so I tossed in some uh, steel cut oats and some raisins and some chia seeds and some uh, brown sugar. And that was all I had. And I was like, okay, that'll be it. I put some boiling water in and I think I just let it go all day. One of the days I tossed in some boiling yeah, water. Friday. And the Saturday, night, Saturday, Saturday. So yeah, I didn't, eat, I, I didn't actually eat it until we got home. Um, and so I opened it up and it was like, it was not oatmeal consistency. So I was like, dang, that's what kind of what I wanted. And it was like more of a, like a smoothie, like a real chunky smoothie, mm. if you will. Not the, not my favorite, but the chia seeds had like blossomed and that kind of gives it this tapioca jelly thing. So it did kind of come together. What you're describing to me is not appetizing at all. Just so you know. Well, yeah. And so, <laughs> and so it did. The thing I was worried about was the steel cutouts. Cause those take a long time or more time to cook than uh, well, regular instant, instant oats. oats yeah. So I thought, ah, oh, they're not even going to be cooked and I'm just going to make this big mistake. Um, no, they were cooked. And so that, that part was okay. And the thing that was so, and it tasted kind of okay. I mean, nowhere near Alpen Fuel stuff. I mean, nowhere <laughs> didn't. I mean, not even holding a candle in the same universe. But the interesting thing was, um, it tasted okay. It was edible. Like if you're out there and that's all you had, maybe you'd survive. The weird thing was, is I would never do this again with the raisins. You put the raisins in there, leave them all day, and they become grapes again. It was the night. It was like what? Because they blow up, but they're still brown. See, and then you like chew them, and it's like they're somehow not quite as sweet. I don't know. Like all the water that goes back in and reconstitutes the grape or the raisin, then turns itself back into a grape. It like pushes out the g good flavor and the sugar, and they're all, so it's like this. <laughs> Yeah, it's, like it, it's only getting worse for me. It's only getting worse for me that it, this is a chunky smoothie made out of yeah. oats and raisins and chia seeds, but then also tapioca and flavorless raisins. It's gross. But I ate it all, um, so no food, no no food research and development went to waste. I want to say I'm not just you messing ate the around whole here. thing with that mouthfeel to it. It was good. It was good in a way that helped. Like if you if you like health food. I, it was good. And I told myself, well, dude, there's chia seeds in here and there's steel cut oats. You only put a little bit of sugar. So this is a good, I mean, it's going to do good for your body. Mm -hmm. Your tongue will not thank you. Yeah. Or mouth or brain or. Yeah. Okay. And so I just wanted to close that because that wasn't a very fun story. I mean, I learned a lot. I learned that um, Sean is doing good work at Alpen Fuel and he, we need more people like him or we need, to, we need him to have more capacity to do more um but anyways so i got a few oh and i got some biltong oh my gosh so if uh if you guys remember what biltong is it's like beef jerky but it's just air dried and there's some other things that are, are that they do to it but we love biltong because we got a sample of the uh, biltong that central avenue meats makes he has, mm -hmm. i don't know if he's selling it quite yet but he's, yet. he's just making it for him and his employees and stuff like that and he gave us a little sample and when i had this and i found so i was like looking for snacks at walmart trying to keep it cheap i was like what do i what would i do to go on a little trip have some food that's not perishable not going to melt on me um and just you just have snacks you want snacks basically so you can survive and I went with Fig Newtons, I went with pistachios, and then I went with Biltong. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's no way they have Biltong here at Walmart. And uh, sure enough, they did. And I was excited to show Brian, and um, I took a bite. And uh, it, uh, compared to Drew's, it was like a reconstituted grape. 
<laughs> you know? So, it was, so, <laughs> so your tongue wasn't happy, but your brain knew it was okay. Yeah, even my brain was like, what is this, dude? Why did you even... This, this tastes like it was beef jerky at one point, and then they just left it out in the desert. Yeah. Yeah. That I, I can't remember the name of the brand and probably because we're not giving a great review. Shouldn't even like it tastes like bull crap. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, especially after we had, well, and you mentioned it, he puts like vinegar in his, I think to like kill any bacteria. And that's kind of part of how like it uh, breaks down the meat a little bit is it's uh, biltong is just uh, air room temperature dried meat like air cured <clears throat> that turns it into jerky and, and it's like probably sliced. one of the oldest forms of making jerky uh-huh. well he adds vinegar to just kill it and that vinegar actually adds like a really cool flavor nice tang. and also you feel safe eating it yeah you're like i know that this is just pretty much just been meat that's sitting out <laughs> and so like <laughs> the vinegar is like okay you, you're, you're gonna be okay but it also adds like this unique flavor and his was like you had the jalapeno one i had the garlic one they were amazing yeah and so i tried so the biltong good. as well i had seen it before um at a different store and tried it and yeah it just doesn't hold a candle to what what drew's making over at central avenue meats i hope he can sell that stuff soon yeah drew if you're listening we're gonna come bother you for some again just if there's any extras that fell on the floor <laughs> sweep it into yeah. a bag and give it to us yeah give it to us <laughs> yep <laughs> Um, okay, so back to BHA. Um, yep, I got all the food ready. I got packed. I got a few little things that you would use for camping, but I knew that I would have friends there, and I was going to a place where there would be no shortage of things to purchase if you <laughs> right. forgot something. Right. Um, but that's okay. Go ahead. I, I think well, I was just going to say, like, I showed up a day before you. Mm-hmm. Um, I packed very similarly, like, not, like, super in advance, because I knew it was at what's called Fort Missoula, and it's, like in missoula yeah and it's like a big big old park campground with historic buildings and all this stuff yeah railroad tracks running through it and uh when i got there i got to if you if you listen back to the we're going to bha it's episode 77 if you listen back to that one uh josh mills talks about two separate areas to camp yeah. Well, there weren't a ton of signs to like direct you where to go. And uh-huh. so I just ended up in that campground first. And I was like, I don't want to camp here. Like <laughs> I just like automatically knew that wasn't my... There was a loud one and there was a quiet one, right? Right. And so then I found the registration booth. Then I found Sean Durkee from Alpen Fuel, And he guided me to the other campground, set up my tent, had dinner. The first night was like just chill. But also uh-huh. chill as far as like the the... Uh, atmosphere but also chill as far as the temperature goes like it was weird weather and then the next morning woke up to wind and rain Mm -hmm. woke up to like my tent blowing in the wind and when you're camping like I don't know how any of you sleep I usually sleep with the least amount of clothes on as possible Uh and so in order to get up and use the restroom which is like the first thing that happens when you wake up whether you're at home or camping or not you got to use the restroom and I'm like oh as soon as you do that, like you're awake. If it's at home, you could possibly go to the bathroom, go back to sleep, right? Yeah. But not when camping, because you got to like get dressed. At least for me, mm-hmm. I got to get dressed, put boots on, go to the little porta potties that were there. If you're out in the woods, it's you know far enough away from your camp, you're not getting whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so then I just spent like an hour, not not an hour. I spent a long time looking for like a mom and pop breakfast place. Okay. And if I don't mention Paul's pancakes on this episode, like I would be upset. 
was it good. was the best breakfast. So good that Joe and I had it the next day. Yeah. Um, their sourdough is 95 years old. 90, their sourdough starter, 95 years old. And that sourdough waffle, it almost made the weekend. Yeah. Like it, it was, it was amazing. And then that's when, that's when you then enter the pictures. I, I drove back after breakfast mm-hmm. and then enter Joe and wind and rain and snow uh-huh. and <laughs> trying to weird. set up a tent. And, and then like, I think, I think what we need to like, in case somebody, if this is your first episode listening, most people that are, 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 are repeat listeners, repeat offenders, um, they know that Joe and I are different people. Oh, yeah. I'm an outdoorsy hunter. I, I shoot my bow. I do fishing stuffs and camping and hiking and all that stuff. Yeah. Joe, tis not. I, don't, I, I appreciate living in Montana. I love the look of everything. I love playing music out in campgrounds and ski lodges and breweries in the middle of no place. But I don't, I'm not in love with being in nature. I don't like camping. I don't like hiking. I don't like bugs. I don't like sun. I don't like cold. I don't like hot. I don't like thinking, is that a bear right there? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I don't like any of that stuff. But I was like, but I am open minded. And there has always been a part of me that has wanted to um, like build a, an appreciation. And then even, I, I'd love to have one of these as a hobby. Like it looks really cool to have a reason to have a gun. You know, like I don't want to have a gun just to have a gun. Some people do. Like they look at my gun collection. Aren't they beautiful? I'm not one of. I'm, I like to use the tools that I have, and I'm not a collector. And so I thought I was like, well, if I'm going to be a hunter, I would want to go hunt and do things and and get the meat. But whatever always stops me is well, maybe a number of things. But one of the things is I feel like an outsider. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of jargon I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, Gosh, and it doesn't it, matter if it's overcast or not. You have to put on sunscreen because you're. Yeah, I'm really sensitive. Thirty like percent albino. Yeah, or something. I have a recessive albino gene. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, and the bugs love me. I'm one of those guys that always. Oh, they love me. Well, they really do. And I think I might be a little allergic to whatever you know stuff that goes when the mosquitoes puncture your skin. Mm-hmm. Well, my skin lets me know, and it's like holy crap. And so, you know, put all that together and it's like, I, you really got to have something fun for me, for me to want to go into the woods and go get that thing. And there's not been a keg party that I've ever been interested in since high school right. that was in the woods. So maybe that was like the last time I could remember going, oh, we're going to the woods. Yeah. Right. right well, there's right. a keg in there. Lots of ladies and music and stuff like that. <laughs> and testosterone, testosterone and estrogen flying around everywhere. A party. Yeah. And right. so now people are asking me. Oh, you don't, wouldn't it be exciting to go and traipse around in the woods and maybe not find anything or whatever, whatever it is that I think is happening in there. <laughs> and, um, and the camouflage thing, you know, it's hard to find people to talk to cause they're always, you know, blending into the background. <laughs> is that a person? I'm just kidding. Well, and, and like, we kind of realized shortly before leaving for this trip that like you, Joe are like the exact demographic that most of the outdoor industry businesses are trying to to get i am the nut they are trying to crack yeah they're, they're trying to figure out how to get the person not interested in the outdoors to be interested in outdoors so that they can sell more product yeah like which, essentially which was interesting to me because i was like oh well shoot i mean i have a want to be sold on what you're selling right like i want you to do it i want you to be successful in selling me on this i want to participate 
Um, I, I just have to do it genuinely and I can't fake it. And I'm not interested right now. Like nothing. I mean, I can't, we will get to things that have sparked a tiny interest, but I, there's no fire yet. I'll tell you right, that. Right. Right. <laughs> and so that, that's, that was our whole goal is like, let's mm-hmm. go talk to a bunch of these vendors, a bunch of these outdoor personalities. Let's go listen yeah. to, to some of the talks. Let's, let's go see. And, and so with that mindset, that's, that's how we now enter with Joe and I both now being in Missoula, Fort Missoula at the BHA 2022 mm-hmm. rendezvous. And I, I don't even remember what we did first. I think we just kind of did a loop around kind of the vendor booths and just kind of saw what was out there. Then we went and set up your tent. Well, the fir- it was the first thing that struck me. And this is like, it almost like, yeah, I don't know. It was something I thought about throughout the whole uh, day or two. Um, one of the first things we did, you're right, was uh, we made a loop just to kind of get a lay of the land. Where is everything? Uh, what kind of people are here? What, what sort of businesses are being represented? And we saw that they were giving away those free um, old fashions. Oh, know, yeah, so yeah, yeah. They're, they're muddling cherries. They're pouring brandy into glasses, and people are walking around. That was that was at the Vortex booth, yeah. Yeah, Vortex is uh, – so Vortex um, does optics or so like binoculars and things like that and scopes, and then also socks and apparel, apparently, Yep. because <laughs> they're also giving away free socks. And so I was perplexed. I was like, oh, my gosh, this, it's like 10, 11, noon-ish, and they're, they're pouring uh, old fashions for lots of people are coming by and grabbing one. Um, I didn't do it that time. Brian had one and I was like, this is interesting. I did get the free socks. I was like, immediately you have ingratiated yourself to me, Vortex. I will remember you forever. Um, so I did like that. But the thing that really struck me, okay, because <clears throat> I mean, okay, if you can if you can picture we're in a big field of grass and there's large, large tents and then there's some little vendor tents, you know, basically we're at a trade show. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in this line to get a free socks and an old fashioned, which is... <laughs> That's funny. Um, And this gentleman comes over and says something to the effect. I know I'm paraphrasing here, but it it was something to the effect of, um, hey, my friend and I, my associate and I noticed you from across the way. And we couldn't help but notice what you were wearing and the type of camouflage it was. Oh, yeah. When they were talking, he was talking to me. Because immediately I thought, oh, he's talking to me because I'm wearing some, you know, whatever weird getup. But they were talking to Brian because Brian was wearing a type of and brand of camouflage that they held in high esteem or didn't think people they, they actually to, knew about. I think they used to work for them. Yes, and so they thought, well, how does anyone know about this camouflage in this region? Only we would know about it because we're from the Southwest or wherever. Texas, yep. Yeah. And then um, as they were talking, Brian notices that they're wearing the exact same ball cap, which is the black ball cap with the American flag on it and the AR-15 in the middle of the American flag. They're both wearing that exact same thing. And they're they're having a talk basically like on the... Because to me, it, I was... Because imme- I get to observe this as the third party because they really are now talking to each other. Yeah, this, Joe's not, no longer there. Joe's no there. longer there. And so what I was like, this is exactly like the red carpet. This, like, who are you wearing? Who are you, you wearing? You have Prada. Yeah. You have Gucci. You Ooh, have yeah. I didn't know that anyone in this region would know of, and the brand uh, you were wearing was Numa. Numa, yeah. With, with a P. P-N-U-M-A. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? That is not... So the brandy made sense. The old fashions made sense. I was like, okay, hard drinking in the morning. That's kind of on brand. I'd, I would almost expect that. That's neat. Um, free socks. Okay, that was a pleasant surprise, but super on brand. It's like not surprising me. You know, these are just like, oh, that's cool. I'm glad that this on brand thing is happening. But then the guy comes over and says, 
another grown man comes across a field, seeks you out in a sea of camouflaged people and says, excuse me, sir. Are those bugle boy pants you're wearing? <laughs> well, and, and like the funny thing you notice is like some of the other brands of camouflage, uh, there's there's First Light, there's Sitka. Those are like the two probably top brands. They have logos, usually an orange yeah. logo. Well, you notice my brand doesn't have like this blatant logo on it. It, it is on there, but it's not like this blatant thing. And so, so it's like... You have to know the pattern. You have to know the pattern of camo. <laughs> and for someone that's not yep. in the hunting community, like Joe's like looking at all this camo and it, it, it all looks the same. And, and it, I'm not saying flash. it doesn't look the same. It does look the same. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like someone that's grown up down south and they can tell just by how someone speaks that it's like Tennessee or South Carolina yep. dialect. Yeah. Right, it's the same kind of thing. It's like, yeah, it all does kind of sound or look the same. All the camo looks the same, but these guys, especially since they worked for them, and I can pick it out too. And I didn't see anybody the rest of the weekend that had the same camo on as me. And I and I wasn't wearing camo around. I, it was raining, and so I had my rain jacket on, and it was just happened to be from from this this Numa gear, uh-huh. and uh, uh-huh. and so yeah, it was a very interesting. Uh, I guess I didn't realize until right now how shocking that was to you Mm -hmm. because uh, from the outside and from an outsider's perspective someone who is wearing camouflage is saying well what i think they're saying is i do not care about fashion Mm -hmm. i care about um my hobbies and my hobbies include uh walking around in the forest and not being able to have people see me Mm -hmm. whatever whatever Mm -hmm. it is Mm -hmm. and but but it's quite the opposite like the the people who are wearing camouflage care like just as much as someone who's getting a bespoke suit made for them the and spending about the same amount of money you know like these aren't cheap pieces of equipment that then i found out they're not even made in america most of them like almost 100% of what i saw was made in vietnam china and uh japan mm-hmm. that also struck me as like what? Well, it's like finding out that your Ford truck is made mostly in China or whatever. Right, right. Yeah. And so some of them are like maybe like a, just just like the Ford truck, like mm-hmm. assembled in the United States or whatever, you know. Yeah. But the the bulk of the work for, except for one that's coming out this year, uh, Origin, yeah. uh, all camo is made overseas, which was yeah. also shocking to you because yeah. you, you view this community from the outside looking in as... Uh, God-fearing, America-loving, you know, right-leaning, yeah. camo-wearing, mm-hmm. hunting group. Mm-hmm. And to for all of us to be wearing, none of us to be wearing clothes made, made in America. Yeah, nobody. <laughs> but all probably having a hat at some point that says made in America. Or, you know, or an American flag with a gun on it. D- right, like, right. We are American. Yep. We celebrate yep. our Americanness. This is an American hobby that we're doing, but we can't do it without the help of our Chinese neighbors. Right. Because, right. because and... Uh, well, and you've done the research on this as as to why, because your wife was getting into like gene making and oh, you were yeah. trying to find like real genes. You can pick it up from there. Oh, that was nuts. Okay, so we're over at uh, Squala, and um, we're just kind of checking out on what I've never heard of Squala before. It's just a fishing, clothing, athletic gear company. Um, and we find out through talking to the, the people in the booth that they're a brand new company. They did just come out a few months ago or however long ago. And, um, and then we find out that we're not just talking to a, you know, 
one of the one of the people that they send to the events were talking to this the CEO, um, and the CEO is answering our questions. And then, you know, because uh, Brian, I think Brian may have asked him some uh, more technical questions. And the guy, what's his name? Kevin? I think his name's Kevin. I think his name is Kevin, yeah. Um, he was like, he was basically trying to say, well, I'm I'm kind of an authority in this field. And then let me answer. Because then he said, well, I'm the founder and previous CEO of Sitka, which is the first ever camo technical, um, they, call, they, start, they called it like technical clothing. Which meant to me, like, well, it's not just any old clothing. This clothing has stretch and durability and pads here and, I don't know, and secret pockets and a hood that comes out. And, you know, so they had more um, research and development that went into it. And so I was like, wow, this is cool. And so, um, and then, it, you know, we got to talking about where the stuff was constructed. And not only did he say, well, all my stuff is, uh, I source everything from China, uh, mostly Vietnam. And um, a lot of the construction is done in Japan, and um, I was like, "Whoa, that's that's interesting." And and he just he just blatantly said, "Well, you can't do it in America. We don't have the technology here." And and next subject, like not like, and I and I hope and I hope one day we're going to build and we're going to describe to people that you know we need people to construct these things, and there's such a niche market available here, and if we could just do it all, uh, he's like, "Nope, it's all overseas," and that's what it, that's the only smart way to do it. Um, and I was like, oh, cool. So, and it's, it must be great that you live in Bozeman because then you get to talk to all these avid fishermen that are just in love with this lifestyle. And he's like, nope, I don't care. I've been doing this so long. I, I decide what goes on it because I'm a fisherman and the people I work with know what to do. We know where the technology is. Uh, we work with the best people. Um, we, we work with the best textile makers, the best, uh, construction of, clothing makers in the world um, and they're not in America and all the technology to get this done is also not in America. And I was like thinking, well, what is it that you do? Because <laughs> I'm thinking, well, oh, that's a great business model. Um, if, if you just want a few people to make money in Bozeman, I mean, if you want a lot of people and everyone to kind of make money, you would try to make things more American made. And, and instead of just going, well, that's not the way we do it. We're going to do it this way my initial thought is, man, there's a lot of people here that would like, would love a job in a great company and would probably love to make 50, 60, $70,000 a year and be um, able to live in Bozeman, Montana, one of the most beautiful places in all of the wide world. Mm -hmm. um, there's a reason why John Mayer lives there and all these celebrities at Justin right. Timberlake, you know what I mean? Because it's beautiful there. And I was like, huh, I just, there's something about that particular interaction that left me going, I don't know about that because I mean, and the other part of it was it was it was kind of cool because I know this person, Kevin's an expert, you know, he knows what he's talking about. And I just happened to be wearing a Sims coat, you know, Sims fishing coat that was a which is his direct competition, direct competitor yeah. of one of the coats that I was looking at, one of his new models that looked beautiful, by the way. I would love to be able to afford this $450, $500 coat because the one I was looking at was a little more expensive, the outer shell. Yeah, you like yeah. the puffy one, the under, that base layer. Dude. So nice, by the way. I'm not trying to talk anything about the, what their product is. From what we saw, amazing. If you got if you got a few dollars, you like fishing, look at Squala. That, that, they're, they're great. There is no better puffy jacket. No I better puffy that, jacket. I, I didn't want to take it off. 
Yeah. Like I so, almost just handed them my card just to buy it right then. And I've tried on every single puffy jacket yeah. on the market. Cause I want to be fair here, you know, cause yeah. I'm just as an outsider who knows nothing. I'm just describing my interaction here. So, you know what I'm saying? But on, but we do want to be real clear. There was, it, they made a great product, whatever, however they did it. He was right. He's <laughs> obviously doing it better than most. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it was funny though, because I was like, I love this. So I, I love a good, I'm not a fisherman, but I've had this fisherman jacket for a long time and it has served me so well and I love it and I know nothing about it. And he's like, oh, well, your, your seams are all coming apart there. You know, the, the, not the seams, the, uh, the wet, uh, waterproofing. There's like a little strip of something that you would glue over the seam and that was coming unglued. And he's like showing me all these imperfections in it that I had never seen. And, and your jacket is at least 30 years old. It is so. So they were calling it a classic. I thought people were making fun of me because that's another thing. Like more than one person came up and was like, "Ooh, classic Sims," and I was like, "That's funny." Like, but no. Then I looked it up like just this morning or last night. Last night I looked up my coat because I I got a hold of Sims because I was actually like, "Oh, this thing's coming apart. Maybe they have a cool warranty. Let's find out." I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go down this rabbit hole now now that I've learned a little bit and was lucky enough to have a conversation with the actual CEO of one of the most well respected and well known companies on clothing so i was like i'm kind of like woohoo that was kind of cool um so i reach out to them um and i get an automated answer back because i was like hey guys i would just got back from bha and i was in bozeman and i'm from great falls and i want to come over to music villa and i want to like drop off this coat and they were like thanks joe um based on what you wrote we've decided you should send it to us regards <laughs> and yeah. I was like dang it that but was they, automated but Sims does have like a lifetime warranty thing and so I don't know how old your jacket is but I'm, I'm really thinking it's 30 plus years old well but the good news <clears> is Sims might not even be that old but it, it, it was just the name of it too so it was like it's just called a Sims fishing classic and right. I was like, oh, I thought they were making fun of how old it was. It, 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 what they, but the, what the other funny thing was is they weren't. They weren't making fun of it. They actually saw it and were like, I know exactly the style and the name of that jacket, which mm-hmm. was another like weird thing to me that that you know you'd think. Well, I would think, and now maybe an outsider would think, people who are dressed like this don't care about brands and fashion and all that hoity-toity stuff, bourgeois, bourgeois. But then you get into it and you're like, uh, no. Uh, these hunters are spending almost on par with what a lawyer would spend on a fancy suit. Mm-hmm. You know, like a four or $500 pair of shoes. That's a real nice pair of shoes. Uh, $500 coat. That'll get you a pretty nice coat at Kaufman's. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And then it got me thinking. Like, if you spent like half the money on camouflage and, and, then, and then and redirected that money into business clothes, you know what I mean? Like... And I, I don't know why. I don't know why that just like it got me thinking like, wow, this is a lot of money, you know, because my mind, I, I can only afford so much. And I try to I will spend a lot of money on clothes because I want them to last. And so that's why this type of research is very intriguing to me. And then to find out like Bozeman, Montana is like, um, what, what do you call that? Ground ground zero. It's what they're calling it now is the Silicon Valley of the outdoor industry. Not just clothes. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but but it's, it's, so it's, many clothing manufacturers for just, I mean, this, I mean, fishing and hunting and outdoor adventure, mm-hmm. rock climbing, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, based in Bozeman, Montana. Mm-hmm. So the brain trust, the money being made, the, the design is all being done in Bozeman. Mm-hmm. In really, really, really expensive, fancy buildings and offices where people are getting paid pretty darn good money. Um, they have to to be able to live in Bozeman. 
And um, every single bit of that, all that work, all those textiles, putting it together, that's all done not in America. Right. So, okay. I'm just, you know, that's not, I'm not saying bad or good. I'm just saying that's where we are. Well, and, and kind of surprising to me. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 definitely, uh, especially from somebody on on the outside, it's it's definitely uh, shocking to learn that all of these American loving people willingly are spending hundreds of dollars uh, on clothes not made in America. Which is why I think actually this this new camo company is going to do so well um, that Jocko mm-hmm. Willink is part of his uh, origin because they're they're yeah. making stuff <coughs> in the United States. But yeah, and so yeah, it was it was an interesting. I I had I, I should know as being someone in the outdoor community, like who the founder, uh, former CEO of Sitka is. I mean, and that's stuff pretty like that. like, deep knowledge. And though. and I just found out because I, I looked him up on LinkedIn to make sure we weren't um, misquoting his name. His name's Kevin Sloan. Yep. Um, who's the CEO of Squala Fishing and founder? Nice guy. Uh, he also was the CEO of Meat Eater from June 2018 to May 2020. Man, so and so he's 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 definitely been around the block. He as is far as, in the know. He knows yeah. what he's doing and talking about. Okay, yeah. Um, he yeah. Uh, I was trying to look up who the current CEO is because it's uh, Dan Chumbler. Dan Chumbler is the current CEO of Meat Eater, visionary okay. leader, growth strategist, outdoor enthusiast. Okay, and that's the current one. Um, there's there's some kind of like. Uh, behind the scenes controversy of who the CEO is. I don't really know of uh, Mediator currently because he uh, has a tendency to possibly be left winning. I, I don't, again, I didn't even know um, the CEO. I didn't even know that we were talking to who we were talking to. So Squala until later. And so I don't know enough about Dan either, but from what I've heard <coughs> second or third hand is that he, he could possibly be left leaning. And so people were scared that they were going to take this like number one brand in the hunting and outdoor industry and, you know, trick us all into not wanting to hunt anymore or something. Get it all. I don't, I don't know what the fear is, but get it all woke. Yeah. Meat eater seems to be doing just fine. Yeah. Cool. Um, you know, that was another weird thing. Cause I, I thought I was going to see like tons of Trump hats and mega this and flags. And I saw like, you know, yeah. Like with certain brands, they would have just like a little tiny logo that, Hey, we support police. You know, that little thin blue line thing, which by the way, all those little flags make me uncomfortable. I don't like any of them. If anyone is ever wondering what I think about the thin blue line and the thin red line, green line. Uh, what I'm going to say is get your own friggin' flag. Don't <laughs> use the American flag and put other colors on it. I see. I'm like this left leaning guy, but I stop messing with our flag. Okay. It looks fine. And the weird thing about it is <laughs> the thin red line, by the way, they're already they're, they're all red lines okay but why did you make only one red it's like the whole thing doesn't make sense to me so anyways leave the flag alone red white and blue all the way okay <laughs> you can kiss my screaming eagle butt if you don't like that opinion anyways not you brian just the general listener just yeah anybody that uh, <laughs> is never going to meet you in person they can they can know. kiss my butt <laughs> if you're if you're under five seven and um 130 pounds and without a background in jujitsu you can kiss my butt if you don't like that opinion okay <laughs> everybody uh, else that doesn't meet that description 
It's okay. I guess we can talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> we can have a conversation, a polite conversation, yeah. standing at least seven feet apart. But the thing <laughs> was, is like, okay, so I was, I was assuming that I was like, kind of worried. I was like stealing myself against it. You know how you do. You're like, well, I might be out of my element, but I'm gonna just go with the flow. I'm gonna just try to be, you know, cool with what's happening. And there was like zero amount of that. There was like one guy made a kind of political joke neither left nor right against canada and and people were just like uncomfortable laughter and one older guy said yeah no politics <laughs> and that was the end of that and they're like oh sorry 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 and i was like whoa okay well i think we're acknowledging here that it's neither left nor right in the hunting world i mean there's yeah sure right-wing people that you see on t like TV like to shoot big guns and they, they glorify that stuff. But there's also just people that like to hunt and they, they also like, well, they don't like any of that stuff. And they think about all that's kind of silly. Uh, like Brian and I were having a conversation about, um, and this is a weird thing because, you know, when I picked up a gun and I was checking one out because they said, okay, these stag arm guys, they're really cool. And they've been supporting our military, um, the AFI. So the armed forces initiative of the backcountry hunters and anglers association so it's the veterans group and arm of this association and they were just you know talking up stag arms and they're like they always donate this every year well two years in a row and they're just super super cool to us so if you're interested in buying a weapon for hunting go check these guys out and i was like neat okay well i don't even know anything about that but you know i i liked what the veterans were saying i did have a little spark of interest and we can come back to that but that's where it was one of those sparks was for my interest in this whole hunting and angling and whatever backcountry stuff mm -hmm. public land stuff um but we went over we talked to uh, the stag guys super nice guys one of them was a younger guy and the other one was a captain america sized gentleman right he was like the he was the size of the undertaker or whatever and and just the nicest guy but the guy he was in the special forces but there's just so nice answering all our questions and I was kind of picking this stuff up, and I was like, man, this this looks a lot like an M16. And, you know, Brian was like, uh, oh, yeah, this is an AR-15, and, you know, this is this, and that's that. And they were kind of giving me the pros and cons. And But then, remember, you were like, well, if you're going to hunt with an AR-15, you're kind of sending a message. And I was like, whoa, I'm sending – okay, so what kind of message would I send? Like, so specifically you as a uh, – uh, <laughs> A, a, left a, of, a left of center new guy that yeah, doesn't yeah. currently own a gun right. to go from no gun okay. to AR-15. Yeah. That says something. Okay. So I, I don't even know what it says, but it probably says you're not on the left anymore. Like, I, like that's what I felt. And it would go be, ahead. I would like lose some left center friends. <laughs> like the leftiest of the left ones would be like, oh, not just hunting rifle. This guy is getting aggressive with his yeah, weapons yeah, of war. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And I was like, okay, I, well, that's something I hadn't considered, you know, because I'm, I don't know, I guess I need to consider, because it does seem like um, a lot of this is uh, advocacy, you know, a lot, and so like what message you send, it, people are thinking about, you know, mm -hmm. and so I was like, okay, well, shoot, I don't know. And it was the same thing at the gun store. I visited the gun store today just to kind of talk about this AR-15 thing, you know, the guy's like, well, if you know, you know, you want to get into hunting here, check out this Ruger. 
three or 400 bucks. I can't remember how to scope on it. He said, scope's not too good, but it's okay. That sort of thing. And you know, that'll get you started. And I was like, well, what if I wanted to do AR 15? And he was like, Oh, well, um, and I was like, that's weird because the guys at stag arms were like, dude, hunt with these things. They're easy to pack. They're just as accurate as everything else. And then you can do all these cool things with them. They're like, I don't know what they say. You can soup them up like a, like a, like a car, you know. Well, he he called about uh, he talked about Legos actually. How you can put the pieces together like Legos. I almost said you know? Legos, but it yeah, didn't seem yeah, right. He had mentioned that, and so before you move on, they had made it. I, I want to share like how well they did at selling because I've never even really thought of <clears throat> purchasing an AR-15 for hunting purposes. I have my uh, 300 Win Mag bolt rifle. And it seems to work just fine for me. Mm-hmm. Well, as they were talking about how they're making them more lightweight, um, the the biggest thing is a lot of them they put uh, what what they call suppressors, or uh, those of you that aren't in the hunting world might might think of as silencers. Um, it, it reduces the recoil, the noise, and and also the the efficacy of using an M16, which doesn't have a an actual bolt that you're like. Chick, chick, you know, forward and back every time you need a new round. Yeah. And M16, you pull the trigger, which is why a lot of people on the left don't like them. Uh-huh. There's nothing you need to do to pull the trigger again, right? It's yeah, it's just ready again. It's semi-automatic. Gotcha. And so it is, it is ready to go again. But just like a six-shooter that like you would hold in your hand. Like yeah, you pull the trigger, most, yeah, the next The, the only guns that ready. really aren't that way are anything with a bolt on it. But everything else on the market is a, pretty much a semi-automatic or yeah, like gotcha. in a shotgun, it'd be a pump. And you got to pump it, right? Okay. Um, and so, uh, but they made the point of like, if something happened to your scope and you didn't know about it and you missed the animal, you can immediately adjust because our, our recoil is lower. You can see the animal and, and get a second shot faster than anyone else. And I was like, you know what? Like that has happened to me out in the field where I've, you know, shot at a deer and gone, why didn't that hit? Like it was mm. a motionless deer. There's no wind. I'm, I'm aiming right. And it's because like either I tripped or, um, you know, when I loaded my gun in the truck, I bumped the, the scope a little too much. Had I had an AR-15, I could have had a follow-up shot. Thankfully, I didn't wound this particular story. I didn't wound the deer, but mm-hmm. if that can happen. You, you wound it, and you want a follow-up shot to be very uh, quick so that the animal's not, like, running off and wounded. Yeah, like, I remember that part. Yeah, and so when he, when he said that, they did a great job. As somebody from me who's never really even considered an AR-15 to get into it, but then also someone that isn't in the hunting world at all convincing you to even get started Mm -hmm. that seemed to be the path and then uh, you know my thought goes to how you're already familiar with that gun yeah like i if give me like a couple hours and i could probably take it apart with my eyes closed again you know when you're right you were able to do that because because of your experience in the marines yeah and and marines uh, what was the mantra in the in the movie you know this is my weapon this is my gun this is for fighting this is for fun i I did i did sleep with a with a gun just like that (laughs) yeah you you have to sleep with it yeah we don't go that crazy in the army very intimate with that particular and so when i held it just even just as you saw I, i held it like out like it was like I'd never hold held someone's kid before, and I'm just holding them upside down by their ankle. <laughs> yeah, you know, like yeah. like I'm not very comfortable with it. But then as I was looking at it, I was like, I th- I am very comfortable with this weapon. I almost feel like it, I need to clean it right now. <laughs> I'm getting this urge. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> it, yeah, they were super nice, weren't they? 
the guys at Stag Arms, um, I wish I could remember their names. They were so nice because we were on our way to go get some antelope that was being cooked on one of those uh, birch barrels, mm -hmm. which is like a $1,200 um, barrel that's so cool, by the way. Um, you should look up birch barrels. Um, that's not sponsored. I mean, I wish it was if you guys are listening to this. Also made in Bozeman, Montana. Also made in Bozeman. So everything's made in Bozeman, Montana. Yeah. Um, Let's see where we're going. Oh, yeah. So we were excited to go over and, <clears throat> and eat some. Uh, they were cooking some antelope uh, and mixing it up with some cheese and stuffing it in a pepper. And we were on our way to go get that. But we stayed and talked with those guys for like 20 minutes at, mm -hmm. at least. It, uh, I, I think it was longer than 20 minutes. <clears throat> and, I, and I almost walked away from there with like a knowledge, a working knowledge of AR-15s again. And maybe which way that I would kind of go and what would be for me and wouldn't be for me. And uh, when he said, oh, I got to keep it under 10 pounds, I was like, oh, my gosh, that is exactly how guitar players talk. <laughs> like, oh, man, that thing's over 10 pounds. Oh, my gosh, that's going to hurt my shoulder. That's not going to be... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and so here's here's the problem that we've just done here in, in describing our weekend and retelling it for everybody is we have skipped a day ahead. I know you were excited to talk about Stag Arms, but... I'm just trying to keep it to like the subject matter. Oh, you know okay, what I mean? gotcha. So like okay. I'll, I'll try to... Okay. Like, I'm trying to loop it together with like if I bring up the guns, I'm going to try to take it with everything I remember with Gotcha, the gotcha. Okay. okay, so we're not doing a linear description here nope. if any of you were trying to follow because uh, this actually happened on saturday yeah i'm just and trying my to brain that. is immediately going to now the antelope because you mentioned food and i love food and that was the yeah that was the next day and so um this lovely chef uh made cheesecake oh wait wait i've got it oh, right here so there's oh yeah antelope stuffed poblano peppers boom over this uh birch bill and totally look up birch bill you know just to make it easy i'll put a link down in the the show notes for all of the companies that we mentioned there'll be there'll be links down there so you can check them out too in case you're curious um but yeah they made these uh antelope stuffed poblano peppers and i asked joe as we were kind of um observing her make them and uh, describing it to everybody I asked joe like have you eaten antelope before? And I couldn't remember if this last year, I'm a bad friend. I know I gave you jerky. I gave you deer jerky, but I wasn't sure if I gave you antelope. Because that's, what, it, it, just so you know, my dearest of friends are the ones that get antelope. Whoa. Um, deer, even elk, I'll, I'll give to just almost anybody. But antelope, <laughs> I'm very particular mm. who I give antelope to because it's not a very big animal. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's this like um, very... Not controversial, but either you really love antelope or you really don't, is mm -hmm. what a lot of people think. It's one of my favorites to make uh, this little taco recipe out of. But anyway, I couldn't remember if I gave you some, uh -huh. meaning like you are that level of friend in my brain. I just couldn't remember if I showed you that level of, of gratitude oh, okay. with an antelope. I couldn't remember. You couldn't remember either. So right. this could have been the first antelope you ate. Maybe. You yep. have eaten. Mm -hmm. um, what, what were your thoughts? I really appreciated the the tips she was giving because like, you know, like I would just kind of lean towards let's cook the hell out of this thing. <laughs> and she was very much like, no, it's gotta be medium rare. You know, you want that, you want that pink in the middle. And she kept on saying that. And I was like, whoa, because she, she was like cooking it in a way. And I was like, I don't, I don't hear the sizzle, you know? So it was cooking it a little slower than I would have. And, um, and then she, she just browned it and then mixed it in with this cheese and then mixed that cheese with uh, red beans and rice and then stuff that, all that in the poblano. And I was just like, I loved it. It was, it, and you could taste the medium raridness. Mm. And at no point was I like, you know, cause I don't know, maybe if you had a buffalo burger, you're just like, oh, I can kind of tell this isn't 
beef. All beef. Because yeah. I bet you they do put some beef in the mix. Um, but this was, just, it was just a good, good flavored, um, gosh, I don't know. It was just good. You know, I, I did, I did enjoy it. I, I, I enjoyed it as well. And so that was like that moment, the tiny little moments like that. And I think the other one was when I mentioned the, the, the vets and how there was a political joke and just that talk. I think within that talk that we were freezing our butts off at, cause you know, we go, you know, there's schedules, we see a schedule and there's like little tents and we can kind of walk around as we choose. And, um, and like Brian was saying, we had some snow one of the days and in the shade, it, you, I mean, it was cold. And so, um, we did our best to go over and listen to a panel of vets and just kind of listen to what they were talking about. And I think the thing that, that really got me interested. So like the food was getting me more interested in like, ah, I could fill my own freezer with something like that. That could be fun, you know, instead of like asking friends for some or buying the expensive stuff. <clears throat> then they, then they kind of talked about, um, how I think every one of them had a story like there was three or four vets up there talking in a panel and every one of them had a story about how they just didn't want to go. They didn't like the idea of walking around in the woods and camping at all because that's what we had to do when we were in. That was our job. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't, they were like, why would I want to do that? And I was like, yeah, that's weird. I never heard anyone say it like that before. Cause I just felt like I'm ashamed. I'm not really a man. If I don't like have this innate need to go like drink the blood of an animal in this, you know, and, and sleep on the ground and just, I don't know, swallow my dip spit. I don't know why I said that one. Um, does seem manly though. When you think about swallowing dip spit, but don't, don't, I mean, don't, that's not manliness. So I was, so I was like, when someone else said it, I was like, oh, cool. And so it perked my ears up. And then they kind of talked about like, well, why did they go? Who was forcing them? And then what happened when they were gone for more than a day, or it was like the second or third day, they would keep saying like when something would happen and they would find that peace and find that, oh, and have that aha moment of like, that's why people do this. Um, and while they were talking about that, they were talking about, um, how most like 50% of their work besides like really enjoying what they're doing and trying to, um, open up uh, hunting and hiking and fishing opportunities for fellow vets and disabled vets who might not otherwise get the chance. Um, and just anyone, anyone interested in helping out that process and connecting with them, they were talking about that uh, advocacy that they would often do, even though they had full-time jobs. Like these are not paid people. There's like one paid staffer that was talking. The rest of them were like, I have a full-time job, but when I find out that there's something or someone or uh, like either the government or private party that's going to try and buy up some public land and or do something that's going to cut off the access to public lands, well, I'm going to go advocate in the form of I'm going to go to wherever the political meeting is and I'm going to get up and I'm going to speak or I'm going to sign a petition or I'm going to show up to a rally. And that was like, that spoke to me all of a sudden because I, I even though maybe I don't use the lands as I should or people expecting that I might, you know, if I live in here in Montana, if you're listening from out of state, you're like, why doesn't he out there every day just like sitting in the river? Well, I don't know. This is not as enjoyable. But when I find out that, like, but I'm here and all of my friends love this. Like, I feel like I'm just surrounded by people who love nature and I like that. Okay. And if I find out, especially my veteran brothers and sisters and just humans, um, they're, they're going to get that taken away from them. All of the sudden, I want to, I, I feel like the protector 
you know, like that spark gets, gets ignited. And I'm like, and the guy said, it's almost like having a mission again from the military. Like when you get out of the military, whether you wanted to or not, it's a real hard struggle when you realize, well, I don't really have a mission anymore. It was easy when I had like three levels of people above me going, here's what you're doing this year. And then just doing that thing and, and sacrificing my time and what I wanted to do just to know that I'm accomplishing a mission for the good of um, whatever good I'm trying to fight for. And all of a sudden I realized, man, there is a constant onslaught, like people trying to take away the very freedoms that we take for granted here in Montana. Because I honestly thought that everyone hunts and I don't, I'm the only one. But the more and more I talk about it and hear other hunters talk, I realize that they're like a minority fighting lots of different uh, entities um, for just the right to exist. And they kind of, it, it almost felt like they're like, yeah, they almost like apologized for liking what they liked, you know, and they're just trying to get the word out that it's not so bad. And we want to teach people the goodness of what we're doing. And it's not all about killing. And it's not all about just... Um, taking a picture with a dead animal, you know, and they're really sensitive about the message that they're sending because they want everyone to appreciate this, this resource. You know, the land is a resource, not just the killing of things and har or harvesting of the meat. Like just, you know, like when I was talking to my aunt and uncle who live in Missoula, uh, we had a beer with them and I was like, I know that you guys aren't hunters, but I also know that you spend most of your time camping and and hiking and going places and looking at things in just like the the wilderness the trails you know and um they and they said the same thing they're just like you know there's just some beautiful places to go and we love going and camping and camping an hour away just so we can get up in the morning and drink coffee and drive another hour or two just so it wasn't a three-hour drive to get this really cool spot that not many people know about. And uh, they're just so excited and appreciative of the public lands that we get. And I'm like, you know, everyone keeps saying public lands, and this is like the first time I've heard this phrase, I think. Right, and right. I, and I kind of feel bad. And so, like, I'm feeling like, dang, I got to get, I got to get, um, pull my head out of whatever dark place it's been in. And, um, and this is like a fight that I don't, I, I don't see a bad side, you know, right. like you could be, a, I'm, I'm fighting for you, hunter guys. I'm fighting for you, MAGA guys, even to go and have a right to have your, whatever gun you want. I'm also fighting for my aunt and uncle to be able to go hike in peace wherever and whenever they want within reason, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and that's a spark. I was like, okay, I had some good food. I was, I, I got to have some interesting conversations. And then I heard veterans talk about the importance of not just hunting. And I think that was the thing. It's like, we don't have to be focused on hunting. That's like one of the many, many things we could be watching birds. Or, or going and cleaning up some of the public lands, right? They're like, it, yeah. it's not just hunting and fishing, which is, you know, so backcountry hunters and anglers. It's not just hunters and anglers. It's also the conservation side of it. And so uh, we, when, so again, we've, we've skipped some stuff that we, we may or may not come back to that, that we took part in, but we'll try. Um, you know, this is one of the last things we did before leaving was talk with these guys from AFI, the armed forces initiative. And they, um, they were, they were really great guys. And it, it, 
it's easy to talk to someone that you have this affinity with. You've all been through similar things, basic training, possibly um, a deployment or two, uh, losing friends close to you, you know, some things like this. And so it, it becomes it becomes easy to have conversation. But then we're like, well, listen, like listening to your guys' panel inspired us to sign up and be, we're now, we're now card-carrying members of we the BHA. Proud members, now. and then and then so much so that we wanted to come over and talk to you and say, who do you have in Great Falls that that we can you know connect with, and and do this this whole thing? And they're like, well, it's not all hunting and fishing. You may have to just go clean up a state park, but you get to hang out with other veterans. You get to you know do this that and the other thing. And we we're like, yeah. yeah, that's what we want to do. We want to. We want to help out. We want to volunteer because uh, one thing—not that you're you're skipping, but you maybe haven't mentioned as much—is is they're helping these veterans that don't feel like they have a place. They've yeah. they've they've gotten out of the military. They've come back from a combat situation, or even just a, a stressful deployment, or or even if it's just you know the military can be tough, mm-hmm. and it it trains you that your your whole life is around this thing this 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 conglomerate of of people this this organism and then when they say hey you're gone whether you're medically discharged or uh you know honorably discharged or this you know however you get out it's like what is my next thing how do i fit in with civilians yeah and and it it turns out that that getting in the outdoors whether it's hunting fishing or just being with people mm-hmm. around day two or three just as you said yeah something clicks and so it's this part of like, we also, I, th- I think we've found our niche in society, right? You and I personally, uh-huh. um, but we see our, our brothers or sisters in arms that, that may not be there yet yeah. and wanting to, to help them. And so it may be that you, Joe, can, can go on this, like clean up a piece of state land thing and you're mm-hmm. with ex-Marine whoever. Mm-hmm. And it's not that being in the outdoors is what he needs, he or she needs, but just talking with you, yeah. who's found your way through, uh-huh. right? And it hasn't been the outdoors that's done it, but he'll get to meet, he or she will get to meet you and be like, oh, I see what you're doing. I'm going to try to replicate that in my own life to, to then be able to, to, to be a, an American citizen again, you know, this, this mm-hmm. uh, as we call it, civilian. Um, and so that's the, that's, that was the intriguing part for me as I'm, I'm intrigued. I haven't thought about volunteering with BHA. I, I have before, but not as seriously until I have you sitting next to me, a fellow vet that I've been podcasting with that I want to get in the outdoors and see, you know, what I've found in it. And then this is where your interest is. It, it piques my interest even uh-huh. more. I'm like, Oh, well just because Joe's interested, I'm now more interested, not mm-hmm. in a fake way. It like mm-hmm. really piques my interest even more. Mm-hmm. And I was so excited to go over and talk with them. And so, yeah, we've got phone numbers and, and stuff to, to be able to follow up. And do you remember the part about, um, I think the thing that really was like, it was like ringing a bell in my head, you know, when they were talking, when they started to talk about like, so on that, that second or third day, those conversations that you can now have. Mm. Yeah, amongst yeah. amongst people that aren't going to judge you for talking this way because right, because we right. we used to talk in a way a lot different than we're talking now. Sometimes it slips out. Yep. But we can't talk the way we used to talk. Yep. Um. And and some people need to talk that way 
in order to express themselves and get those things out and, mm-hmm. and, and the things that really mess them up and create create problems uh, mentally and emotionally. And I think you found, um, you know, you found other things like like um, serving in a church. Mm-hmm. You know, you commu- mm-hmm. you got to communicate how you were feeling by serving. Mm-hmm. I got to communicate how I was feeling by by sounds and music. I found a way to to get the things out. Right. You right. know. Yeah. 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 And I think, and then we we do this podcast because then we got it. I feel like you know, and then we're like, okay, well, what else? What is the next thing? What are we trying to? And we were both trying to like, well, we want to share this message. Like mm-hmm. we feel like we're not perfect. We haven't got it all figured out, but we got something figured out. We got to that next level of like, ah, you know, we're climbing up, and we finally got to this flat part. We're like, we can look around and and feel pretty good about where we are. There's still a long way to go. Uh, but now I'm looking below me going, oh, man, there's a bunch of people that didn't do the music thing, you know, but they're they're vets and, and I don't know what to do. And they started talking about that campfire. And I was like, dude, how didn't we just name our thing bringing the campfire to you? Yeah, yeah. Our, our motto now is bringing the campfire to you. And I'm like, I don't know how this could possibly tie in more to what you and I are trying to do is like have have this open conversation where people mm-hmm. feel welcome. Because the conversations, I, I just had a talk this morning. I had to bring my wife something at work, and she works at a coffee shop. And I ran into an old friend I hadn't seen in a long time. And uh, he was talking about how he had listened to our podcast previously. And, and I said, yeah, we conversation's gone from the world. Everything's an eight-second bite or a headline. And we really just want to bring this conversation. And that's exactly, like, they said it up there, and I looked over at you. And you weren't looking back at me because you were like intently watching. And I think you saw me fish eyeing you, right? Yeah. I think you saw it. I did. And it was like two minutes later, I said, I've been, I've been staring at you for a long time, Joe. Because yeah. like they were <clears throat> speaking, like it felt like speaking directly to us and this podcast is like the campfire is what people need. Mm-hmm. And then we noticed this whole other thing. And I'm not trying to like jump um, categories or anything, but I think it all ties together that mm. even in politics, they mentioned how, how the left and the right where they find their common ground is the outdoors. Yeah. Is public lands, is the outdoors, is is uh, hunting, fishing, you know, hiking. Mm-hmm. That's where the left and right find their their place and it's just like yeah, that's what we're trying to do, man. Like we're we're trying to find this place where where everybody can coexist because it's not what everything everyone's telling you that everybody's against you. And yeah, these people on the left are so bad, and these people on the right are so bad. Mm-hmm. Just like you noticed, it wasn't a bunch of MAGA hats and people no. praying in public and forcing you to do it. And no. like you know, it was it was like, and it aside, wasn't. Aside it wasn't Go ahead. Sorry. It wasn't the opposite either. It wasn't a bunch of um, Biden fans and a bunch of yeah, 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 t- yeah. tie dye wearing people. It was just regular people that I could tell were from both walks, all walks of life, all walks of life. Yeah. And then when we went to the thing called Campfire Stories, the actual the uh, little event held at the Wilma, two of the speakers were ladies of color. You know what I mean? They were black and ladies. the Native American. Oh, and the Native American from yep. last year, um, John. Uh, running wolf? I want to say running wolf but I Dang it, we okay. could be wrong anyways so uh, and and I I was telling my wife about that I was like you know I really wish that I could have figured out a way to bring you and I might try to do it next year just bring you because you would be so surprised you know because she's you know that she would she assumes the same the same things that I do like well that's not going to be a very inclusive place for you know liberal leaning women <laughs> you know <laughs> right, right 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 but then you'd be wrong you'd Tyson be- running wolf I had to look up his name. Oh, Tyson Running Tyson Wolf. Running. Oh, and he came out to uh, that song, Psycho Killer, by the way. Psycho yeah. Killer, what to say? 
I can't sing it. Uh, we'll get copyrighted. <laughs> but anyways, um, that was cool. Um, and so just to see that representation, but not just that. It wasn't like, okay, we'll let them come. But to see that it was the focus. Like she was the final, like one of them was the final speaker. You know what I mean? And to hear when when the one of them said, well, I went out, I, I, I reached out, I was from Brooklyn or wherever in New York. Um, and I didn't, I couldn't find anyone met this gentleman here and he was part of BHA and he took me out. It was a terrible, terrible time. And then they found something and maybe, you know, found some success in success in that week or the next week. And I can't remember exactly what happened, but then the crowd erupts. Right. And it's just like, Oh, you got one and you're continuing to do it. And you're just like, you found the love and the crowd is just like, Yes. Everybody like, was all genuinely excited for her. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone. And, and I was like, oh. And, and so it's weird because like uh, it feels like, okay, so that's what we're trying to do. And in this in this uh, arena, I'm, I'm like their target market. So it's fun. Like I wasn't looking for them. You know what I mean? Right, like, right, but right, right. I've been open to that sort of thing. I'm in Montana. I, I do like certain things about it. Um, especially through the pandemic, you know, to be able to go hunt your own food, to be able to use public lands. And then that part about advocacy, um, because um, I listened to Ben uh, Ben's podcast, his new podcast, Woodside. Mm-hmm. Ben, and, o- ben O'Brien, Woodside Podcast. Go oh, ahead. and we met him, Ben, if you're listening, if you ever listened to this. Um, it was super nice to meet you. You're <laughs> super down to earth. Um, I had no idea that like I, I had not seen you on YouTube. I had no idea who you are at all. Yeah. I when I got home, um, Brian seemed excited about getting your cell phone number and planning a podcast with you. So I kind of like did a quick search, and I saw that you were on Joe Rogan. And I was like, "Whoa, this guy's been on Joe Rogan." <laughs> so, <laughs> but he didn't come across as a guy that's been on Joe Rogan. No, he seemed really cool. So that that was really nice. You know, it was it was really cool to meet. What I didn't so. I didn't know they were celebrities, mm-hmm. and that's a good thing. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like they they would not have come off that way. Well, you know? because uh, aside from the Ben O'Brien thing, which again, yeah, Ben, I'll say as well. If you're listening, thank you so much for just being a, a human that was easy to talk to. And Joe had noticed later. He's like, "Hey, you know, you kept trying to cut off the conversation, but he was like, I didn't want to take up time, right? Like, mm-hmm. you just feel like this is." For me, I knew who I was talking to, and I was like, oh, you know, he's got things to do. He's got other people to talk to, <laughs> like, you know. And so I'm just like, okay, all right. And, and you just kept talking, and Joe's like, yeah, he just wanted to keep talking like a normal human would. Like a human You were would. the one trying to close things down, Brian. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I didn't. I didn't oh, it was weird. And so anyway, thank you so much, and we do look forward to uh, possibly scheduling. Uh, I even had said, like, y- you know, we don't want to record a podcast. Can we just pick your brain? And he's like, Oh, why can't I come on the podcast? Let's do a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Their silly face. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. So yeah, we look forward to whatever may happen there. But then there was also another time uh, before that where we were walking through the booths again and there was a guy making a bow, his own um, his own bow. Oh, yeah. And before you say his name, um, Melanie doesn't want to know. So I'm not, I'm not sure how we're going to keep this from her, but I'm giving her a few because she doesn't know who won that particular show. Oh, okay. That's fine. We don't have to say his name. Yeah. We but, don't have to say his name. But yes. I, but I think it was it wasn't even him, it was his brother. It was his that, brother. That was sitting down and, and like what was the name of the tool? I can't remember. I've a, never made my own a, bow. A draw knife. 
A draw a, knife. It was an 18-inch draw knife. <laughs> there you go. And so and so, uh, he said, hey, do you, one of you want to try? And so I immediately, not wanting to look a fool in front of anyone, was like, hey, Joe, you should try this. Yeah. And Joe's like, yep. Yep, let's do this. And, and he sat down. And, and so had I sat down, I would have taken a few swipes with the thing and gotten back up because I'd have felt like, I don't know, I was inconveniencing or I don't know what I think. But Joe... I think you were sitting down for 20 minutes. Yeah, I was trying to make a bow. <laughs> it, it was so cool. And I, then the winner of Alone Season 8 then came up. So the guy, like, left. left oh, yeah. Left to, he, to, like, make the bow. He was like, I got to go do some stuff. You're doing good. Yep. <laughs> and then left. And then um, his brother comes, the yep. one that did win. Yep. And uh, so those of you listening that do are in the know, you're in the know. But we just don't want a spoiler alert for, for Joe's wife. Because so. I guess it's still a new, it's the latest season. It's the it's the yeah. most recent season. Now, I watched it as soon as it came out. Like, I was sitting around, like, like waiting for the next one to come oh, out. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I saw it. But um, Yeah, Melanie got excited. She was like, oh, the new season's out and we haven't seen it? Oh, yeah. don't tell me, don't tell me. And I was like, oh, shoot, I don't know how I'm going to keep this from you. Yeah. And so, <laughs> But if you don't know, you can go... Go to the backcountryhunters.org rendezvous and, and look at the, the list of campfire speakers and he's on there and you'll, yeah, you'll yeah. know. Oh, and that was cool actually because, you know, full disclosure here, there are speakers. Um, that particular guy, I, I don't know, it was an okay little speech. You know, he told a story and I was like, oh, that was... And so I think I think that's one of the stories that you kind of have to be in the hunting community to really enjoy. I'm with you. I'm because with you. I really enjoyed his his story because he he did like that was also the one that did moose calls. No, that was that was the skier. The skier I really the Olympic liked. skier. He, he did a great job. He was super good at. Doing but this guy thing. told a story of uh, a grouse that was like making mating calls when it wasn't mating season and even coming down to like his campfire ta yeah. taunting him taunting him in and a way. he finished the story for us yeah that's the thing he finished it for while us. joe was sitting there uh making his bow yeah i was right? making his bow for him <laughs> yeah and uh, he finished that campfire story for but us. also that's cool. like when he walked up just started talking like any other dude would come up and start talking yep like he, he wasn't like some Famous guy that didn't have time for us and like, what are you doing? Like he came up and let us like touch all of the other bows and hold them. And yeah, yeah. go was, ahead. I, I, so like while we were talking, um, I was like, I was intrigued with his draw knife because I love old timey tools. Oh yeah. And this one seemed like an antique. So old timey. And so like I made an offhand joke, you know, just like, uh, oh, I, I know where to get these. You just like go to one of those super old antique barns and just try to find one. He was like, yep, pretty much. And I <laughs> thought he was kidding. But I watched, I uh, think it was last night or this morning, I watched a video of him and he, he does this whole hour or two hour long course on how to do bows mm -hmm. and um that's where it's exactly where he said he found his he's like you <laughs> you find these in antique stores so i don't buy these and here's the brand name they're from yesteryear yeah and yeah. that's what i do and i was like oh i i, I was right I, yeah. <laughs> yes the, the only thing i want to point about that whole interaction is we should have gotten a picture yeah we we should a picture, have, but, it, but apparently it works out because then your wife would have seen yeah she would have known exactly. and so so it saved it saved your wife i hope she is at home right now watching and getting caught up i'm gonna make sure yes yeah. i'm not sure how long yeah, we're gonna be able to keep this secret yeah she's got a i wish we would have taken a picture and then also after joe for 20 minutes working on this bow mm -hmm. he sits down and it was amazing the difference in someone that is skilled in something to someone that's just learning yeah like i was like peeling off like 
paper thin little slivers off this thing and he starts taking off huge, huge chunks huge chunks which would have scared anyone as they're trying to make a bow from this i don't know how rare the wood is orange orange something oh i looked it up it's actually um it's pretty pretty prevalent Oh, okay, okay. Osage orange. Dang, I'm gonna get it wrong. Yeah, so, some, I think some, I'm close. Like that, yeah, <laughs> and and uh, and he just starts taking huge chunks off, and and I was I was kind of like almost like fearful for him. Like, oh, you're gonna mess this thing up. And he was hitting himself with the knife blade, so it's not all that sharp because he was like boom, because he's so much force, yeah. you know. Yeah, it was really cool to watch a master in his craft like do it for a, for a minute there yep. and then we went over and talked with josh smith over at montana knife company hey that was cool to meet josh and i saw another friend that i hadn't uh, seen since uh, they did their veterans weekend which we did talk about on this podcast his name was andy was it the guy who was like um popping out of his shirt because of all of the muscles yeah and yeah. the no fat yeah i didn't want to say it right then but i wanted to be like Yep, you did it. <laughs> yeah, he's very physically fit. Holy crimey. That man is, yeah. He yeah. looks like he's also, he looks like he moonlights as a Navy SEAL. He possibly could. I'm not sure. He might work for the CIA, something like that. And but he, he was at the Veterans Weekend and now is employed by Montana Knife Company. Mm, and, okay. and so that was a delight to go over and see them. And uh, Sadie, uh, I'd only met her on Instagram. And so that was cool to see her as well. Super friendly people. Accidentally took a picture. So we did this whole thing, Brewfest too, which was really cool. Yep. And, uh, you know, we bought some. Uh, so anyway, we at Brewfest, we got up on this stage and did like a, a selfie, yeah. right, you and I. Mm-hmm. And uh, we didn't realize, uh, but Rick pointed it out to us. He sent us a message on Instagram. He's like, oh, is that Josh behind you? Tell him I said hi. We didn't even notice that we had the whole Montana Knife crew like right behind us when we were taking that, yeah, that we selfie. Accidental we didn't tag. even see them that day, really, I don't think. Like mm. maybe from a distance, we're like, oh, yeah, they are here. There they are. Yep. And um, and so anyway, that whole thing happened. But the brew fest was fun. Yeah, that uh, was fun. 23, 30, I don't even know how many breweries from Montana and Idaho and a few other places. Tons of great beer. Joe and I, we like a different type of beer than most other people, uh, at least at this point in our life. And, yeah. uh they they had enough that we could we could still enjoy our beer. Not everything was what I call earwax tasting. Mm, like an any IPA or porter. <laughs> if it says IPA porter or lager, I know I'm out. Yeah, no like thanks. I'm just like I can just smell it and go. It smells like the inside of someone's ear. Like yeah. I just don't want to try it. And that's no offense. I know that people like it. I'm totally. I just don't. And my wife loves it. Mm-hmm. And she's always like, oh. This one, though, you'll like it. And I'll smell it. And I'll go, I know I won't. And she tricks me into trying it all the time. She just wants to see your face. <sighs> Bad. But what I wanted to talk about is there was food trucks, like, stationed around. Oh, and, the beer fest, yeah. And and we had a... Uh, uh, what did we have? Uh, Philly cheesesteak. That was pretty good. Which was which was great. There was, a, there was an older gentleman that came. He kept on coming over and talking to me about how good the Philly cheesesteak was. And <laughs> yeah. he was just in line behind me. He's like, hey, I, I'm thinking about getting another one of those. And I'm like, what? Excuse me? Oh. Uh, he's like, remember the Philly cheesesteak? I'm like, oh, yeah. And then 15 minutes later, he'd be behind you again and going, Philly cheesesteak. Yeah. Though, right? Yeah, I'm like, I think I'm going now. Want to come with me? Like, no, I'm okay. <laughs> and, and, Overly friendly gentleman. But the one I wanted to talk about was the Korean fried chicken Ooh, sandwich. Yeah. That thing... If I rank fried chicken, there's there's uh, Chick Fil A, and then this Korean fried chicken sandwich. 
so good. It's, it's number two now on my list, and I've had a lot of fried chicken sandwiches. It was really good. Yeah. And so I don't remember the name of the place, but shout out food truck that was in the middle on the north side. We'll have to check out the. You maybe, guys were great. Maybe there'll be a BHA or Brewfest uh, Facebook page. We'll just have to go <laughs> scope them out. Yeah. Something, but yeah, it was it was super good. Then we went up to the campfire stories, but before that, there was uh, a band. Oh yeah, the band was cool. I can't remember their names though. Dang it! So there was a bluegrass band doing pretty cool stuff, and then they uh, got up like a more traditional classic uh, country band that had a pedal steel guitar, and I was like, "Ooh, pedal steel guitar! Look at that thing!" It was fun, and uh, they were really good. So you know, live music downtown missoula like walking distance to the to the wilma which is what we did we just walked over and up some stairs and um the weather was a little chilly but they had those fancy birch barrels everywhere heat heating us up so i mean it was it was a fun time i mean um we're already making plans to try to get back over to bozeman and get a podcast done with the fabulous people um, at Gastronome, Gastronome. So before we go there, because mm-hmm. that's like one of the most exciting things that happened to us this weekend, I feel. Mm-hmm. But uh, the two bands, just so we're giving everybody fairness, there was Milltown Dam. Okay, Milltown Dam. Which sounds like uh, definitely Montana. And then Idle Ranch Hands, which also sounds... I've heard of that. Idle yeah. Ranch Hands. Idle Ranch Hands. And I think that, that was the... Name. Idle Ranch Hands was the second band. Okay. Because the first band, their picture does not have a pedal steel guitar. Like how I got that. Hey, nice work. I'm proud of myself. All right. That's like you naming like a gun manufacturer. Yeah. Like to say pedal steel (laughs) guitar. I'm pretty proud. It's not in the picture. And then the other one, their lead singer reminded me of Andy off of The Office, also mixed with Mr. Smith off of The Matrix. If they had a male baby together. Uh Uh-huh. Their lead singer looked like him. Um, and that'd be Idle Ranch Hands, and I think I see him. That's why I'm recognizing them as the second band. Which I'm pretty sure you mean as a compliment, Mr. Anderson. Oh, yeah, definitely not <laughs> do, not, uh, not, a, not a dig at all. Yeah, so good job, um, Idle Ranch Hands and the Milltown. What was it? Milltown. I'll just scroll back down. Milltown Dam. Good job, Milltown Dam. And, and Dam is spelled D-A-M-N. Because what? I was thinking, I was thinking like a, a dam. They're like, like damn, yeah, like like Great Falls is the damn city. Okay, um, let's see. So yeah, we're we're planning on and and an, like a couple of the other reasons we're going back to Bozeman is I'm trying to tr- drop off that Sims coat. So mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. sent them that uh, that email and they're like, yep, send it on in. So I was like, I'm driving it on in. Well, there, yeah. Then there's going to be a couple reasons because Ben said he would come on the podcast. So we'll have to reach out to him mm-hmm. and then uh, talking, uh, possibly having a podcast with uh, Squala. You're, you're actually messaging with them right now Yep. and uh, possibly getting that. But then Gastronome, we talked with them both, both days that Joe was there. Um, so Gastronome makes uh, freeze-dried backcountry. Is it freeze-dried? Am yep. I saying the right word? Okay, because yep. there's freeze-dried, and then what's the other way? Uh, dehydrated. Dehydrated, okay. And so they make freeze-dried backcountry meals. And we're not going to do like a whole, like we're not going to spoil the podcast that we will be recording with Shannon, but literally the owner and founder and, and head chef, you know, we, we met her and... She, just all the rest of the people were great to meet. She was an absolute delight. Like engaging, intriguing, um, very open with with um, 
how, how the food's made. And so Joe, like I bought one of each meal because I've wanted these for a long time and they're just a direct-to-consumer company. And so you can't find them anywhere. And anyway, so I bought five of the meals and then we had one for lunch on Friday. And which one did we have? It's the one that won the award. It was the spicy pozole, chicken pozole. Chicken pozole. <clears throat> Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And it so we good. went back and told them this was really good. And then the next day, right before we met Ben O'Brien, we, we talked for Shannon again for a long time. And, uh, yeah, we're excited uh, to go go meet with her. You know what it just occurred to me? Hmm. Like, I've only ever tasted the best there is <laughs> when it comes to backcountry meals. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, I'm yeah. just thinking about it. Like, you know, because a lot of the, what, what people are saying is the reason why Alpenfield exists and why um, Gastronome exists is that they were their consumers as well and they couldn't find anything. Everything else was just didn't, you know, meet their needs, you know, didn't taste right. as way, the way they wanted to, wasn't nutritious, was just bad, wasn't locally sourced. Um, and so they created these like, you know, jewels within the back back country. Right. And um, I, the newcomer, just kind of comes into this and I'm like, what are you talking about? Everything I've ever tasted is the <laughs> best I've ever, is everything. It's right. great. Yeah, you've been kind of given the pampered road. Because until you try like, uh, uh, I, don't, I don't like talking bad about people, but Mountain House. Come on, is, Mountain House. Uh, Mountain House or Peak Refuel. Come on, Peak um, those guys, like, I've never tasted you and now I'm never going to. Yeah. Well, I, so I just thought that it would be good to do like a side by side comparison. Oh, that would be a good to where react. you could really like, you could react to uh, one of their meals and then you can re- react to a gastronome because I'm, you're just going off of my word, right? That like, this is the best there is, but it, it, both of these companies, Alpen Fuel and Gastronome, like it's food I would just eat at home. Uh, there's been a few times I've been like, oh, well, I have one of those in my truck. I don't even need to pack a lunch today um, because they're just it's it's any other time. If I'm eating one of the other brands, I'm just like, nope, that's for the backcountry only. That's the only time I'll eat that. But either one of these, I could just replace a meal with it at any point. And uh, so, yeah, she she's um, locally sourcing as many ingredients as possible. Oh, I don't want to spoil anything, but it took her four years to yeah. figure out how to go from I'm an employed person uh-huh. to I have my own company that, that is selling food. It took her four years. Yeah. Anybody that takes that long, yeah. you know that they're like, I don't want to say eccentric, but like eccentric. They, they are eccentric <laughs> about, about bringing quality. And uh, her concern was just that like, why are you guys that are so, um, so excited about, clean food and mm-hmm. and and eating right by hunting your own game why are you putting this stuff in your bodies while you're hunting that game yeah and and I'm so I'm I always thought the same thing but I had no options I'm not a chef that's going to go make my own yeah and so yeah. my only option was just to buy the best I could find out there yep. and um it wasn't that good and now <laughs> the only backcountry stuff I'm going to use is gastronome so what I'm hoping not sponsored for, for, hashtag not sponsored <laughs> for all of our listeners, just like Alpen Fuel has given us this, uh, you know, uh, discount, 
I'm hoping that Gastron will do the same thing. And then you guys will pass the savings on to you. We'll have a little discount code that if you listen from the podcast, because I know a few of you, thank you, by the way, um, have used that code. And it doesn't give us any money, but it does help in our relationship with these people. Yeah. As, as they see the codes come in from, oh, that's Joe and Brian. Oh, yeah. we got a customer. And yeah, yeah. and so we, we just appreciate that. And and the same thing with Gastronome. If we can set something up like that, that would be really cool. And we're not going to get any money out of it. If you want to give us money. Do so. Do so through Patreon. Yeah. That's how you do that. Yep. Is um, we have members of Patreon. You're not going to be alone. Nope. And we actually have content there now. A little content. More, more coming all the time. And this week, because we didn't do it last week, this week we're going to release a secret podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, only being able to be listened to through Patreon, and it's of Joe and I podcasting while watching Boondock Saints. Yeah, we're going to put you push play, we push play, we watch together. Yep, so and so you can watch the movie with us. And um, sorry, Here, let me give you your phone back. There you yeah. go. You can watch the movie with us, but the only way to get that is through Patreon. That was a shameless plug uh, to all of you. And, I, and, and what I get is that uh, in this day and age, it's asking a lot to have you, you know, maybe you're listening on your phone or something right now. And so like later to remember, I need to go click this link and also give them money out of my wallet that I've earned working, you know. Um, and so it's a lot to ask. We definitely appreciate anybody that, that gives to us. Uh, and at the same time, $5 is less than you pay for Netflix, Hulu, Disney. Uh, if, you, if you're one of the YouTube people that, that do the you know YouTube that they advertise all the time for, mm-hmm. and I'm always just like, no, I don't want the free trial. Yeah. Um, it's cheaper than all of those. Yep. And, yep. and you, get, you get the back backstory of of joe and i uh, behind the curtains kind of things yeah and pretty soon there's going to be the really funny reaction videos of me trying like backcountry food and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna hold back yep you know because the the lady uh shannon shannon she's very confident you know what i mean and so like i'm i'm going to confidently give my my two cents right because i'm the one that has to eat it okay Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i can't i can't taste your sales pitch (laughs) <laughs> so we're gonna, <laughs> so we're gonna put this stuff to the test and have some really funny, hopefully, um, and engaging reaction videos while we go through this. I'm I've learned a lot. I'm reacting to a lot. There's certain little sparks in my life now that are like really intrigued with a lot of this. Well, you know? yeah. When you when you messaged me Sunday, we weren't hanging out on Sunday. We were already back. You had a show Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. I was like cleaning up my truck and chilling at home and then i went uh when you texted me i was um heading out fishing with my son cool and uh you're like hey i don't think that i can get um i don't know if you want to even mention this now that i think about it no go ahead oh okay so i don't think i can get a uh weapons permit because i have my mm card yeah i i do i'm certified and registered none of your business but you know i have a medical marijuana card and i was looking and somebody actually told me sunday they're like oh well you can't actually legally own or be around a weapon in your possession and i was like what wait a minute oh my gosh and so i was like when you google it that that all is bears true you know i googled real hard too and i was like wait a minute that can't be true And, and then i was like wait a minute why wasn't this like why wasn't this like highlighted you know, somewhere. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't there be like some big fight right, about like this? When, like when you're filing for, 
getting your card, it says, just know you will not be able to legally purchase guns anymore. Yeah, and so I, I'm not sure. And yeah. you've now, you know, after talking to the gun shop, think that that might not be true. So we don't know. We're not stating yeah, facts. I, I, We're not I, stating facts right now. But We're I do remember what we heard. Yeah. I, I, yeah. So here's the rumor. I re- and then it hit me. I know plenty of people who are avid hunters and also avid users of medical or recreational marijuana, both legal in this state. Um, and I thought that can't. So it can't be true. There's got to be something I'm missing. And it turns out I maybe I maybe I am. Um, and it's not like the state or the federal government has taken a specific stance on this. They're just going off of what you know they they have sold two people with cards before and they haven't had any issue with the background check or anything like that, even though, you know, it's all registered and on the up and up. So, um, so then I was like, cool. You know, I was like thinking this, I was like, Oh, maybe I have to get way into bow hunting. But even then I was like, gosh, I kind of want, I would want to have just for protection, at least a handgun on me, you know, cause we usually hunt in bear country here in Montana. <laughs> right, right. Even if you don't think it's bear country, it could, it could be bear country. Yeah. Cause bears, they walk. Far places. They yeah. walk so far. <laughs> Anyways, so I was like, I was worried. And that was like the first little snafu. I was like, oh man, here's but, the, here's the, I, I didn't realize my Second Amendment was stripped of me. Jeez. <laughs> Talk about not, not realizing your freedoms are being slowly stripped away. <laughs> I realized my second one, which is pretty important to most people, was like, yoink. Nope. Yeah. Well, and so so two things. One is when I got that text from you on Sunday when we weren't together, after we're done with BHA, yeah. and I got this text, I'm like, wow, he's more intrigued from this weekend than I thought. Yeah. Right? Like, you're, you're excited. You're researching. You're, you're asking questions. I you're talking to people guns. about it. And, yeah, and yeah. so, like, I was... I, I then in turn got excited. The second thing is I then told my son, cause it's him and I driving in a car out to the river yeah. and he's like, you know, did you hear about the shooting that just happened this weekend? And oh, there yeah, was, there yeah. was uh, another, another mass shooting. Yep. And I, I told him, you know, I, I, I saw that it happened. I did not, um, have the time to like look it up. And so I don't know what's going on. And he's like, mm-hmm. uh, the things I saw, it may have been racially motivated, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm all for, equal gun rights, right? That, that people can buy guns, but he's like, maybe not these, you know, high capacity guns. And my son is like an avid outdoorsman has grown up in my home, a, a Christian home, right? That are like, yeah. we're all gun owners. Yeah. And he's like, as, as somebody that's a generation below us, he's like seriously considering like, where do I stand on this? Yeah. And I told him the same thing. I said, you know, um, I've never been like, fully on board of like AR-15s being owned by the masses. Uh But at the same time, they are. So if we then now um, Mm -hmm. take it away, there's people that own them and people that don't. And how do I, if I ever felt in danger from one that owns an AR-15, how am I then going to protect myself and my family without having a similar weapon? Right, right. That was my biggest argument was like... It's kind of too late because there's more guns than people in the United States. Yeah, that that was one of our trivia questions, right? Yes. And like, and especially in Montana, like, you just about every home has a gun safe in it with multiple guns in it. Yeah, and so I don't want to go down this whole gun rights thing, uh-huh. but it did spark this conversation with yeah. my son and I. Yeah, yeah. And absolutely, every mass shooting is a tragedy. Oh, so, yeah. without so, question. so without question. We, we mourn the loss of, of people suddenly losing family members, especially to someone that is more than likely not mentally stable. And uh, so if, if anything, 
that I can say for certain is that our country needs better mental health available more widely. And we whatever can stop this, we want to we want to try that. Yeah, thing. we want to try that thing. Yeah, we because don't want this e- to even continue. if it means I have to give up some of my gun rights, if it then means that like. 10 people would now be alive that wouldn't before like let's let's talk. Let's, let's talk let's, let's figure talk. this out yeah. right just like yeah. we had this whole roe versus wade thing that came up again right and that that had been kind of in the the background back burner mm-hmm. and that came up again and you, again you're talking about uh, depending on which side you're on, you're talking about life. You're talking about people's rights to what they can do with their body and their property. Yep. And when we live in a free country, this becomes a very sensitive subject. And that's not at all what this podcast was supposed to be about. But uh, just uh, let's let's not, as we are in a long form podcast, let's not neglect you know what comes up in conversation. And that is some of these harder conversations and harder topics. Yeah, because you know I realized that. Um, at first I was like, dang, this is crazy. I'm, I'm not sure what to do with this information. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, man, do I feel um, like, I don't know, like I don't want to ask. You know, I don't want to have to be like, can I own a gun, please? Right. You know, like right. I, it, it, I, go in, I go into one party or fundraiser and I'm a hero because I'm a vet. It, right. I go to this other event and I am a criminal that has marijuana. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. and I'm like, nah, I'm this, this, I'm just this guy, the same as you. Yeah, you know, wanting, wanting to exercise my rights, the same as you. And um, yeah, it was like I didn't want to engage with it. I was like, dang, well, maybe I shouldn't. And I was like, you know what? No, this is maybe this is part of the podcast. You know, I'm, I'm trying to go through this process, and this is where people in that that are maybe they're similar to me. Um, they would run up against something like this. Well, yeah, you run up against these values that you've, it, I don't, this is no offense to you at all, but that you've been told you have, right? Because you, you agree with, with certain things that uh, political parties and representatives have stated, which then puts you in this category, which is why I hate labels, because I, I don't even want to call myself right um, or left because I don't like the label that comes with either one of them. But let's just say I'm right and it comes with all of these things. You're left and it comes with all those things. Well, naturally, as you start being intrigued by purchasing literally the 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 bane of the left's existence, right? Like this this AR-15, this mask killing evil thing. And the type, yeah, the type itself, right? Right, and and just a gun in general, but also. The AR fifteen. The AR fifteen. Because I felt more comfortable, and we're like, "Well, we got to watch out." Because what what sort of message are you sending now? And I'm like, "Dang, whoa! I was, I thought I was just trying to be comfortable, but <laughs> right. man, I don't want to like ostracize, get myself ostracized from people because I don't know what message I'm sending." Right. Them. Oh right. my gosh. But but the the sheer fact that this is out of all the guns, your your parents didn't grow up like teaching you how to shoot guns, nope. a, a bolt action rifle. Um, the military taught you to use a weapon mm-hmm. and it's that weapon. It's the only one I know. Yeah. Right. And it, so you are going to feel more safe mm-hmm. and and more confident when trying to either protect or or take animal uh-huh. with that weapon. 
Yeah, when I was just firing one or two rounds with yours, I felt like I don't like I don't know what I'm doing, Daddy. You know, can you help <laughs> right, me? Right, right. Like I, I was like a little kid. Uh, like I didn't know what any of the buttons do. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this other, if I if I had had an AR-15, mm-hmm. you probably would have shot more than one or two rounds. Yeah, because yeah. you were comfortable with it. I know right? exactly it was this what to do. Thing. It was like. Uh, when you smell grandma's cookies again, yeah. you know exactly what to do. I know where the milk is in the fridge, and I'm going to grab grandma's cookie, and I'm dunking it, and I'm eating it. Mm-hmm. Same thing. You can pick up that gun, and like you said, within an hour, you'd have been able to clean it again blindfolded. Yeah, we, right. we just spent so much time doing that, and there's all the different little parts and their names and what they feel like in your hand and the smell and everything. Right. And so with that, inst- with that instrument, that's weird, instrument of death, uh-huh. I felt really, really comfortable. Like I felt safe. With your type of weapon, like a bolt action, like a non, like a regular hunting rifle, <laughs> right. I felt very unsafe. Right. But that's just me. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm, I don't have a preference on either of them. I just think <laughs> I kind of need one of those to do that thing. Yeah. With, yeah. With my buddies. Yeah. You right. know, and I don't, I don't want to feel unsafe and awkward either, but I also don't want to make people uncomfortable. I mean, I can, I'm not going to like lose sleep over making people uncomfortable or not, but. Well, yeah, and ultimately you've got to, and so that gets back to like this whole free country thing, right? That like, um, where does that lie in Roe versus Wade? Where does that lie in gun ownership and gun rights? And where does that lie in getting vaccinations? And where does it, these are all the heated topics. And I appreciate backcountry hunters and anglers being this, this middle ground campfire that we can all get around and possibly have conversations around this that aren't just eight second uh, reels mm-hmm. or, or, or headlines that are just trying to grab everyone's attention, but it can be actual conversation to realize that Joe, when saying X, Y, or Z mm-hmm. is a human mm-hmm. that has gone through very similar things, especially being a vet as other people around the campfire mm-hmm. and, the, and the X person, the other person is, is the same thing. You just might not agree on this like one subject. Yeah. And so we appreciate what we, we had many talks this weekend about how, how this this um, rendezvous really just brought people together, yeah, and and it was it was refreshing, yeah, to just being able to to see people out there enjoying each other, and then yeah, when the one time politics got brought up, the guys like no politics, yep, and then it wasn't that was the only time we heard politics the entire time. We didn't talk to anybody about anything going on in the world aside from public lands yep. and, and helping people get out there. Mm-hmm. And and so as we, you know, we're at an hour 35. I don't know how long we want to sit here and talk. We're in our studio. We can go as long as we want. But yeah. I do I do want to get like a an, an overall kind of picture, you know, so like you, you leaving, you driving there, mm-hmm. <laughs> camping, you know, um, on a tent, and, and oh, you, yeah, did, yeah, yeah, you yeah. did get cold. Yes, yes. That was a whole thing we might need to uh, talk about. But then eating some of this food, getting involved, like yeah. like overall, where, where are you at now? So I thought it would be fun, um, and, I, and it was kind of fun to show up with a Walmart tent and a Walmart foam pad and, uh, and just one not, just my pillow from my bed that I have. Yeah. Um, and, and the, the 1940s bedroll i don't even know that thing was the oldest sleeping bag i've seen yes it was so it was from i think it's from the korean war (laughs) korean or i think it was korean actually 
Anyways. Old. A, a Marine Corps friend, a older retired Marine Corps friend gave it to me from his days when he was in active duty, I think. And right. So, it, okay, so, um, and I sleep on the floor sometimes. I just sometimes. You're just at home. Just at, at home. At home, I sleep yep. on the floor, so I was not worried about this. I was like, no, nah, this is going to be fine. This is my thing. But being outside, and it was cold, um, I did have the wherewithal to bring earplugs, so it wasn't, because I was thinking, like, you know, sometimes wind noise and just kind of will keep me up. And so I, that was okay, no worries. Uh, but it was uncomfortable to sleep on the ground. It was even enough, but not perfect. Not like your house, you know what I mean? And so that was a little uncomfortable. And it did get pretty darn cold because then I want to move around. You know, I, with when you're in a sleeping bag all zipped up, like you have to like be standing at attention almost. And you can't like be spread eagle and just thrash around and get comfortable like I like to do. Um, so that was a little uncomfortable, I will admit. And to get woken up by just the sheer fact that part of my body was super cold, my head and chest, because I was just, that part was exposed and the temperature went down and I was like, oh no. And um, so that was, it was kind of fun to rough it, you know. But then as I was looking around at everyone else, no one else was roughing it. This is not about, <laughs> this is not about roughing it, is what I was, it was what I was kind of seeing. Um, even our good friend, uh, Kobe, the, the photographer. Oh, we didn't even talk about Kobe. Man. Shout out Kobe. Kobe was great. Kobe was super fun to meet this. Uh, well, I mean, I'm old, so this perfectly adequately, um, aged gentleman. Younger, younger than us. Younger than us. Um, was sleeping in his truck and had, you know, had made some really cool drawers that I thought were awesome. Good job, Kobe. Uh, but he was comfy in his hard topped, uh, trailer on, well, not trailer. What do you call that? The. Um, the bed topper, the bed topper on his truck. So he was comfortable as hell. Um, had a great little cooker. Um, everyone looked like they had REI or that style of, um, tent that was out there. And I can't remember their name, but they all looked like teepees and they had seek outside, seek outside tents. So that actually came with their own little wood burning ovens. And that was really cool. And I was like, Oh, Everyone else is super comfortable right now, sleeping on like a gel-infused air mattress with a heater. Like so, if they are unzipped on their in their sleeping bag, no worries, because the inside of their tent is probably just a just a perfect seventy-two degrees. <laughs> you know what I mean at all times. And I was like, okay, okay. So I. <laughs> So what I was thinking that we were doing, like more of the military thing, like let's get outside and toughen ourselves up. That's not necessarily the what most, maybe some people, that the ones that are going like super light, I noticed the ones that are super minimalist, um, kind of like um, Sean. Sean, yeah. he, he, he kind of had that style with like a super small little single tent, very minimalist. Um, so he was maybe roughing it. I don't know. He could have been. Uh, but, but then I was like, you know what? On the other hand, it, this this tent is probably six years old or, or better. It was probably thirty bucks or twenty nine bucks. You know how it is at Walmart. <laughs> yeah, Walmart twenty nine ninety nine. Um, and and you know the two dollar pad and a pillow and a, a sleeping bag that was given to me. And I made I, I, I was okay. I did sleep. It was it was okay. Um, I definitely wouldn't do that again. I would you know now that I'm thinking about it, if I was going to go and do some camping stuff, I'm thinking shoot. I want to be a lot more comfortable than that. So I see where the necessity comes in. And then you look at, oh, what gear do I want to carry? And then, well, what are you using it for? And that how that sort of um, economy starts, you know? It, yeah, and it all starts from like 
you know, from my, my perspective, my perspective, it does. It's like, how comfortable can I get yeah. and not take up too much space or add too much weight in my pack? Yeah. And so the, the more comfortable and lighter you get, the more expensive things, things do get. Um, yeah, because I, I had a, a cheaper tent, cheaper sleeping bag, cheaper mat when I started archery hunting a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And I told you about this. Like, mm-hmm. I slept um, in, in oh, I, I didn't even know what I was doing. I slept bed. in this, like, riverbed, yeah, yeah. like, right right by the creek. And it was the coldest it could possibly be. I think it got down to, like, 20 degrees that night. My son and I were freezing. I ended up spending the next week that we had planned, like, sleeping in the mountains. Yeah. I rented a hotel uh, in the closest town. And we just woke up. 45 minutes earlier than we would have to get to our hunting spot. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and and since then have, have slowly been trying to purchase the lighter, more comfortable stuff. And so now I have like a four inch thick sleeping bag that inflates <laughs> and is, <laughs> is like, uh, there's R ratings. And I think mine's an R4, which just means it's the only level better is I think an R5. Mm-hmm. Maybe it goes even higher than that, but yeah. like, it means that like you're not going to get cold because you're touching the ground. It's going to help insulate that. And then my sleeping bag is uh, it's called Western Mountaineering. And so I'm only saying some of these things for the listeners that are here yeah. Yeah. that are into all of this. For yeah. those of you that aren't, just know that like I don't know if you can get like a nicer sleeping bag. Um, and, <laughs> and like it is. So like the same time Joe was like woken because of how cold it was. Yeah, I like went. I woke up at the same time and had to had to use the restroom and then like went right back to sleep because I, I was just in a t-shirt and my sleeping bag and my mat like took care of me. Mm-hmm. And for that, like you end up spending some money, but if you're going to spend days and days and days, it's, it, it becomes worth it. Yeah. Um, you, you at least validate it in your head that yeah. it's worth it. And I, so, so yeah, I feel like I, I feel like I spent, um, $65 <laughs> to go camping and you spent three thousand dollars <laughs> yeah to go yeah. Camping. well it, if, if you just talk about what's in my tent it wasn't it wasn't that much but i mean um, ju- i mean i would say like just the stuff and i would still count the stuff that you just always have in your truck like the cooker the optics you know what oh I mean? yeah just more like, than yet yeah we're yeah yeah we're, we're well above that amount yeah that's what i'm saying like yeah. like for me like i was like okay well i don't do any of this stuff yet I right. don't. I don't walk long distances. I don't. I don't kill any, anything. Uh-huh. I got to carry my knife around for a hike. That was cool. Yeah, and that's so. So let's ball. Let's let's first because I would, I do want to tell that part of the story. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, of, of like the trip back, but like keep balling it up for us. So okay, you camped. so I camped. I was really uncomfortable. I was like, okay, I don't. I don't like this. So I could see why if I could find a spark. Maybe I could invest in some of this and it would make sense to me. Um, so that was kind of fun. And then the clothing, actually, some of it looks pretty cool. you know. And I, I look for clothing as a musician that does a lot of different things. I travel. I got to be on stage. I got to carry my own stuff in and out of places. I want to relax. I'm, you know, I get uncomfortable at certain times. I'm... Um, and we, we're in Montana, so to have something in, in a way to dress in layers that also looks good, that's also versatile, is something that I, I, I value. And so when I was looking around at a lot of this stuff, I was like, okay, I can see why if I could, if I could make this work for me, this, I, I could invest in this stuff and know that a lot of it comes with um, not just the fact that it's really well made and would probably last me a lot longer than Walmart or big box store stuff. 
Um, it's also backed by a really good warranty. Okay, right. so that's right. really good too. And so I was kind of okay. And I was like, okay, okay, that that part, that part, just fashion wise, I, I could I could kind of see like, okay, I do need some new pants. I can see how these could work. Those shoes over there look great. Okay, maybe I'm getting I'm getting there. But then the talk about the AR15s, that got me excited. Okay, mm-hmm. which then it was like the. So I got home and the first thing I wanted to look up was how much are these AR-15s? Because it just seemed like there was like a million different models mm-hmm. and there wasn't. There's two models. There's mm-hmm. just a million different things you can put on them. That was the first like, okay, I didn't know that. Okay. And then um, as I, I think as I was looking and, and realizing that if I want one of these and I want it by this September or something in time for any sort of elk season or deer season, mm-hmm. I'm going to need to save up and spend around... Eight to nine hundred dollars, mm-hmm. probably eleven hundred, with scope and sling and all of the accoutrement plus a couple rounds. Yep, going to need those. Yep. So I'm like, okay, no problem. And and so I, I don't know why I, the Google takes me this way. Maybe it's something. Oh, that's what happened. I was at my show, and I was just talking to someone about my newfound interest in these type of weapons and my newfound interest in hunting because these this couple comes in and sees me every single week and they're like oh can't do that because I, I guess the the guy does all the hunting and has mm-hmm. the hunting license and they have the wife hold the marijuana card and there and never the two shall mix like she is yeah, never yeah. in the same room as a gun mm-hmm. like she won't do it she's like oh are you leaving your gun in the truck nope i'm, I'm coming with you or whatever mm-hmm. and i was like wait a minute so and they're like nope you just can't do it it's illegal you will be you will be in trouble mm-hmm. so that is a law and i went right home after my sunday show um and googled it and was like oh my i mean it's very vague online because no one no one's going to take a stance everything is so new we yeah, just yeah, yeah. we just became recreational this year right so i mean it's not quite spelled out yet and there's no one out there with a video saying well here's what you need to know in montana well, yeah because that's also the weird thing is because recreationally i don't need like a card or anything Right, like I can just walk into a place and buy pot. Absolutely, and and it's so just it's like, just like two dollars so, more expensive. It's, it's so you. weird because I thought like, in light of what we're doing, is we want to volunteer with the Armed Forces Initiative that's yeah. using firearms yeah. to get people in the outdoors to possibly deal with post-traumatic stress uh, syndrome or yeah. disorder, you know, PTSD. And many and, of those people use. And many of those people use because marijuana is the same thing. Like it helps with PTSD. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm not saying that's your in particular thing, but I thought about this weird, weird thing that like, oh, wait, so you'd rather somebody like that has PTSD and isn't medicating to then use a rifle or they or can, would they, you rather somebody that has PTSD and is medicating to then have the rifle? I want the one that's medicated. Right. Or and I have PTSD. So like I'm speaking from, yeah. from where I can speak from or like if if I have it, any mountain I can talk from. That's the one. <laughs> right. Or, or it's like they're treating it like it has no medicinal value, which I believe is what a category one means, you know, mm-hmm. like it has no value medicinally. And I'm like, well, that's obviously not true. So I mean, right. <laughs> the federal law is just a little dusty right now. We, it, I'm hopefully it's going to catch up with us. I mean, and it should. And, and it, so, and so then the, like the philosophy then for you is like, once you get enough money saved and you found the rifle that you want, whether it's an AR-15 or a bolt, then you're just going to apply and see what happens. Yeah. After talking with, uh, so I was worried all the way up until we just got back from the gun shop, you you and I, where we were talking to the local guy and and they were like, you know what, that's actually not a big deal. And, you know, here's some examples. And so, but 
they did say and you know what hey if anyone's listening that knows can you give us like yeah, a little ring give us, give us a shout out and like not just saying i know because i'm me but like can you give us like the, yeah the link like if you're if the... your name is ben o'brien or you know someone <laughs> like like in the know that they could ju- you could just give us the actual black and white yeah we'd really appreciate it yeah. so because right now what they said was uh, so if that doesn't or you're not comfortable with that what you could still do that has nothing to do with a um, background check is you just go buy from a private party. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you can just go to Montana Gun Trader or Gun Trader or something.com and um, just buy a gun. And that's actually a really good way to do it. Used guns are great. Blah, blah, blah. People do it all the time. And I was like, oh, well, I mean, economically, financially speaking, yeah, I might go that route. Mm-hmm. But I'm also curious about the other thing because mm-hmm. as I'm getting more excited about um, advocacy in general for public lands, I would be remiss to like forget about if there are people that are veterans out there who are using medical marijuana to um, to help, you know, mm-hmm. their their any whatever ailment they have. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're also in danger of not being able to participate in using public lands for and using fire, you know, firearms that's something at least we need to talk about and find out more about right and so so yeah if you are that person definitely message us uh best way to get a hold of either one of us is either the emails in the links below or uh instagram Mm -hmm. private message joe and i both will see that we'll see it and uh and and yeah so if we don't get one of you like responding to us i do want to do more research because that was my initial response to you i was like i i wasn't aware of this this seems like a fun bunny trail for us as a podcast to go down i think i'm willing to buy it from the gun shop you know just to see in the background check just to see if it would right what would happen right and so so there's that gun shop there's a there's plenty of places in town that that we, yeah. we have the option to look because there's, especially like uh, we'll call them maybe big box stores, the Shields and the North 40 that we have here in town, they have sales quite often. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can also look into, there's many firearm companies that if you bought direct from them, they would give you veterans discounts. There's all sorts of things that we'll still need to research to, to figure out. I think we even got, I'll have to check my wallet, but I think we even got a discount code from Stag Arms. Yeah. Lots of places, uh, Seek Outside gave us discount codes. Like if you go to this rendezvous thing, rendezvous thing next year, like just know you're getting a bunch of discount codes from almost everybody there. Um, you kind of have to use them quick because they want to know like what kind of turnaround and what kind of, you know, that um, it's, it's fun to actually use those because then those companies see the value in going to uh, these, these different um, organized events. Uh, um, okay, so... Yeah, I'm still on the fence about the AR-15 thing because I like even when I said it, like it makes even the phrase makes people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I, I would I would rather have one <laughs> again. Uh, and I think I think you should, especially. So I don't know if you've thought it through this far, which I know. So you are a super thoughtful is the word I'm coming up with. I research things pretty thoroughly. Yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah. like you think things through. So you probably already have. But there's a moment uh, when when you're hunting or even fishing, and, and uh, Skyler talked about it on the previous podcast of like um, putting the hook through the worm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, there's a moment when you're gonna have to put the the bullet through the deer, yeah. And you know that 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 without ethically doing that and having proper shot placement, having practiced with your rifle, mm-hmm. <clears throat> the 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 more unpracticed you are, the less chance you're gonna have of ethically putting this animal down quickly, 
because that's the goal. Mm-hmm. That's the goal is is that's why we don't like um, factory farming and all of this stuff, right? Because like mm-hmm. it's not an ethical situation. But if you're hunting them, it's actually the best way this animal can die if we're doing it ethically. Mm-hmm. Because you think about it, they're either going to starve to death or have a disease or get eaten by a bobcat while they're still alive. Yeah. Like yeah, like yeah. we're actually giving them or, or a pack of wolves, right? Or whatever. And so we're actually giving them one of the best um, ways to die possible mm-hmm. if we do it ethically. And so what I, from my point of view, having looked through my scope, seen a living creature, mm-hmm. pulled the trigger, it's then dead. This isn't a moment of of elation and joy for a hunter. Mm-hmm. It is a moment of... Um, reverence? Yeah, reverence is a good word of like, not not even being humble or anything, but like, like you're in reverence... Uh, and you're aware you're aware of a sacrifice being made. This is an important and, moment. And a living creature who will no longer wake up in mm-hmm. the morning, mm-hmm. right? And and there's a chance that it was like eating right when you did that. You know, like it, it's not going to eat anymore. And so you're aware of this, and and, and out of respect, you want to do it the best way possible. And so I would say, from that experience that I've had, you want to be as comfortable as you can possibly be behind that rifle and if an ar-15 is it because it's what you've had the most experience with that's what i would say go with the other option is buy a gun sooner a bolt action rifle sooner mm-hmm. a month or two from now and then we go to the range and just practice a couple a times a month and practice a lot so that then that rifle then becomes as mm-hmm. comfortable as the ar-15 they're not difficult there's not a bunch of you're like i don't know what the buttons do like so there's not weird. a bunch of buttons you know there's mm-hmm. going to be a, a safe and fire and taking them apart is Pretty relatively easy, but again, even for me, having shot a bolt action rifle for well over a decade, an, an M16, an AR-15, it's still easier for me to take apart clean because I did it so much in the military. Yeah, what a weird thing. <sighs> and, and now, for some reason, <laughs> my, my brain is going to Josh Mills, who we had on the podcast, uh, you know, episode seventy-five, seventy-six, something like yeah. that, and he is the uh, corporate partnership. Guy, at, guy at, at Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. The man. We did get to, to link up with him again. We didn't get a photo again. Like the only photo we got was like Ben O'Brien or <laughs> of like Joe eating stuff. Um, but <laughs> but we didn't get a picture with Josh. We should have. Um, okay. The, the first thing that stands out, Josh is the tallest human that was there. He, he is he is a very tall person, and oh, you yeah. don't know that. And so we're, like, looking on my computer screen, and we both kind of thought he was, like, 5'10", 5'11", right? Like, yeah. so, something like that. Like, maybe even, like, 5'7", yeah. because we couldn't see below, like, his nipples, right? Like, it's just him. It's just his talking head. Yeah. And then um, we thought we saw him, and I was like, there's no way that's him. He's too tall. <laughs> but it looked exactly like the guy. Like, it sh- we should have known it was him. And so then I texted him and I said, hey, are you here? And he went and got up on the stage and like waved. And he's like, I'm over here. Like, come find me. And we said hi. And uh, he's actually, if it's possible, even nicer in person than he was over Zoom. It's not uh-huh. like he was mean over Zoom, but just a great guy. And, and knowing how busy he was, a couple times he stopped and just said hi to us. And, and, yep. and, and it was cool. Checked in. <laughs> the thing that was the most bestest, greatest part of it is as we were talking with vendors or some of these famous hunters, they'd be like, oh, what podcast? And we go, the last best conversation. And they go, oh, well, we know because Josh personally texted us the link to your podcast. So, Josh, 
first of all, you should be a, a Patreon member. All right, buddy? Go over there and give us five bucks a month because you've already done more than that by just texting all of these people that we talked to that knew about us because of you. And so thank you. I just want to say thank you for all you do in working for BHA and putting this event together and getting all of these amazing vendors that all feel welcome there and, and then somehow making this, these two guys from a podcast that you've briefly met, you, you opened your schedule for us to podcast with, and then while you were the busiest your year's going to be, you also came and talked to us and personally texted people, you are the man, dude. Thank you. Thank you. And so that was, I, I really just wanted to give a shout out to him because it was, everything he did for us was above and beyond anything that we could have even asked for. So uh, thanks, Josh, for that. We're going to text, we're going to personally text you this podcast just so you can hear, hear the thank you uh, yeah. from us. Is that everything you want to say about BHA? Um, let's see. Thank you, Josh Smith. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Birch Barrel. Thank you, AFI. Thank you, BHA. All of the people. Everybody was everybody was great. And I appreciate it because I'm coming along hoping all of you did exactly what you did, which was be welcoming to my friend that I'm trying to introduce into the outdoor community. You all, and I'm sure there were moments where Joe did feel out of place as we use jargon that he's not familiar with and different things like that. But I think that you all did a, a pretty pretty round job of, of having him feel welcome. Yeah. What is technical wear? Gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, technical wear is exactly what they're doing at Squala. <laughs> that's, that's it right yeah. there. Okay. When he went into the details of how they make their waiters, by the way, if you don't own a pair of waiters and you're looking for one Squala because, um, oh my goodness. Yeah. They, uh, the, 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 the details that he went into in like, he actually, the, 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 the technology they're using in their waders they got from gloves and how like gloves are mobile and able to move with your fingers prevent yeah and, and so now he he's using those so that the waders are movable and bend with your legs and your body and it's all like formed and it's oh it's crazy yeah yep they're not travel waders <laughs> but they do travel very well yeah <laughs> um i read that on there <laughs> so so on the way to bha i stopped by this this place i hunted uh last year for bear uh, black bear black bear has an open season here in montana in the spring when they're coming out of their dens and they're getting fattened up on fruits what i've been told is their their meat will taste the best during the spring because they're not eating like rotten dead carcasses they're eating fruit mm. and and fresh vegetables and so their meat tastes really good they just don't have as much fat and it's kind of a, a dueling thing for me is i really want to get a spring one because i want good meat but I also want to get a fall one because I, I want the, the, the bear fat, the bear grease off of it. Anyway, that's a whole sidetrack. We can go down that rabbit trail some other time. I stopped by and I set up three trail cams with the purpose of when Joe and I left, there's a possibility he would want to come hike with me and pick these things up. And we could do this little video of Joe reacts to cool things on the that we find on the trail cams. Yeah. And so, and so he does agree. We went and we, we left a little early from BHA, which I did see that there was like this whole campfire thing Saturday night. Kind of wish I, I had made it to that, but mm. we missed it. We met with your aunt and uncle. That was a delight. Just great, welcoming people. Yeah. They asked a ton of questions about me. Guys just kind of thought I was going to sit there and drink my beer as you guys caught up. Nope. 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 It was all, most of that was just about me mm -hmm. and my kids and how excited they were for me. And it was cool. Yep. Pat and Chris. Yep. Those Thank are, you. Those are the people, man. And then we drove um, my hunting spot from Missoula to Great Falls is on the other side of Lincoln. 
And so we stop in Lincoln real quick, pick up Joe an orange vest, and then we stop at the spot. On the drive-in, we see several different elk. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I got super excited because I, I wasn't sure how many elk you'd seen in your life, and they weren't that far away. And you kind of missed the first opportunity. We drove a little further. There was more. And then I drove a little further. There was some on the road. There was a bunch of elk up there, which is why I'm not being super specific about my hunting or this bear spot because <laughs> y'all ain't going to blow it up. Okay. But then we, we, we get up there, and I had told Joe, I've never seen anybody here. That's why it's one of my favorite spots to go. Mm-hmm. There were hunters there. <laughs> it's the uh-huh. first time I've ever seen people there. <laughs> um, but we, we talked with them. They were on their way out. They had seen some other people. So this is like now the spot might already be blown up. But uh, we, we, then, we then start this hike. Joe's got his, um, what is it? What, what knife do you have on you? My K-bar. A K-bar. Mm-hmm. And then I had given you my bear spray because I have a rifle. And so like. You know, we be, we each have defense because I have seen grizzlies in this area. Uh-huh. And so we, we hike up, go to the first trail cam. That's when I realized I didn't bring the little um, dongle that hooks up to my phone. Yes. And we wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to look at the trail cam stuff until we got back. Dang. And, and because I forgot the little dongle. The whole purpose of going was to, like, let Joe see right as we pull the trail cam down and <laughs> see what was there. Couldn't do it because uh, the dongle was left back of the truck. Interrupt me anytime you want to, Jones. I'm, I'm going through here. But okay. um, <clears throat> that first trail cam, I didn't set too far, like not even a half a mile away. It wasn't very far. And then, then we start the elevation. And what I have to say is I was, I was uh, pleasantly, not even, not surprised. I wasn't surprised, but pleasantly pleased with the pace you were able to maintain the entire time. Uh, there were times you were actually in front of me. And I had, I had my pack on, which you I had were loaded weight, down. and I had, I had my rifle and water because we thought maybe we would eat food while we were at the top of the mountain we didn't end up doing that but um mm-hmm. you know so i had a little bit more gear but i also have like the hunting experience and like doing this a lot mm-hmm. and so when you were ahead of me i was just like i wasn't like oh i should be ahead of joe i was like ah, hey joe's leading the way right now he can yeah, keep up let's do this <laughs> uh building way more confidence to bring you along with me later too by the way even uh-huh. though i had no qualms about it before like now uh-huh. it's just even more because right? because yeah. you're just like you were just up that mountain. We get up there, and uh, for those of you who don't know about bears, they, especially in the spring, they really like um, old logging roads, which are lo- ro- roads they used back in the day to, to come in and log trees out. And since then, those roads have been closed down, and so now they get this like nice green foliage over them, uh, mainly grass, but, but they're just, and, and the bears, when they wake up, they want to be at the greenest green spot you can find. And, uh, so they, and, and all animals, including us love the path of least resistance. So a lot of these logging trails are just easy to walk. We got up there, picked up the other trail cam, then walked another, I don't know, not that one. The, the last one was the furthest away. Um, of course it would be, but, uh, you know, we, we walked and picked up that one, took a few little selfies and pictures and whatever up at the top of the mountain and then started our way back down. Yep. Anything you want to say about this whole trip up to this point? Nope. It was easy. I mean, it was pretty be- beautiful. It was a nice little hike. I know? do. I do also have to add, um, I had my rifle with me, but very shortly realized I wasn't going to do any hunting because Joe was talking the entire time. Yeah. The whole time. And I'm also deaf, so he was talking at a level that I could hear the entire time, yeah. which meant we weren't going to get any bears. Like, nope. like, no bears were coming, and I realized that rather quickly. Mm-hmm. But I was perfectly okay with it because the whole goal of this was just I just wanted to be out there with Joe, uh, with a friend, especially after this weekend to, like, culminate it with, like, 
let's get outside right away. And like, I was hoping the trail cam would have some cool things on it you would see, and then it would add this whole another level of excitement. Yeah. So we I, get, I was hoping that we wouldn't see a bear. <laughs> so I was talking really so, loud. So <laughs> I, I kind of thought that as we were walking. I'm like, oh, yeah. I think Joe also is talking this entire time because he really just doesn't want to see a bear. Um, especially since I said I have seen grizzlies there. And those are, like, black bears aren't super dangerous. There's been attacks on people, but they're they're fine. Grizzlies, on the other hand, they're the ones that, that they, maul people. They maul people. They're super aggressive, and you can't, like, legally shoot them. Yeah, until your life is, like, in danger. And they're going to come and investigate yeah, just it, like a then, murder scene. Yeah, like, you murdered someone. It's like yeah. murdering a human. Yep. That's yep. And they're going to come investigate where your brass is at, where you were sitting, what the bear was doing. Mm-hmm. They're going to separately talk to both of us. They're going to yep. they're going to check all of that stuff. They're going to pull our cell phones and make sure we're not lying about where we were, what we did, yep. all of that. And so, um, Your Honor, I was talking loud the whole time. <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> and so Joe was talking loud the entire time, but it was okay. And we so we get back down the mountain. And I do feel it's a pretty easy walk. It's also why I kind of like this area. It's not like this. It's something I can do in a day, and I'm not super tired when I'm done. But it's a five-mile round trip, four-and-a-half, five-mile round trip. I think eight or 900 feet of elevation, uh, maybe 1,000, but somewhere in there. Get back down to the truck, and I do pull out the dongle. It's not working. I can't get it to work. And so then I have to pull out my computer. I'm hoping it has enough battery, all just to check the trail cams. Mm -hmm. Pull the first one. And realized I hadn't set it up very well. I thought I'd, I had taken my time. That one took me like 45 minutes to set up because I really wanted where you saw all of the elk sign, right? Yeah. All of the poop just all over that trail right there. Like it, like every step you took, you're like, oh, there's more poop. There's more poop. There's more poop. And yep. I really wanted to see an elk. And uh, yep. I think an elk could have walked by and not be seen <laughs> because yeah. like... And there was 700, I don't know how many, 700 pictures because it was windy and a branch kept blowing in to uh, set off the trail cam. And so it was just a bunch of pictures, almost like a time lapse of a day and a half, two days of this trail cam being set up. And there was nothing exciting. Nope. And then the next one, same thing. Didn't set it up very well. And a branch was blowing. All we saw were branches. And then me setting it up and Joe and I taking it down. That's all we saw. Finally, though, on the last one, I assumed if there was a picture at night, most of the time it's not windy at night, um, that if, it, if, if there was one at night, it was going to be something. So I just quickly scrolled through to find something at night, and there was. There was a short 10-second video of a muley deer doe walking through. But that was it. <laughs> All of it. Yep, yep, yep. It was so anticlimactic. Like, we see mule deer doe. Like, we, there's a chance we could walk out from our studio right now and see one in the alley in the middle of town. Like, like we see them all the time. Oh, my gosh. Remember that... Um that reel I put up with like 10 deer in my backyard. Yeah, just in your backyard. And I live in a neighborhood within the center of a town. Right. I mean, they're not a big town, but... <laughs> but, but still, like, it's not, it's not where we were. Yeah, we, <laughs> these things are like rodents to us. Yeah. You know, they're everywhere. Yeah. And so for Joe to see a mule deer on a cam is like, yep, I could have done this in my backyard. Actually, I would have gotten more material. Yeah. I would have gotten more material had I set up the trail cam in Joe's backyard. We should do that, actually. I have a really nice, um, I don't know, must be a, some sort of logging road going through my backyard. Yeah, it's a yeah that old alley back there. And so the thing is, it might creep you out a little bit, what what you find. 
like people that you don't know are walking through at night, stuff like that. But the first time I got the trail cams, in order to know I'm setting them up right, I set up three in my backyard, got a ton of rabbit material. Whoa. Like rabbits all over, because my dogs aren't out there at that time, and so they Uh were just all over in the backyard. It was pretty cool to see. Okay. But you, you can get really cool things. So yeah, I can totally give you one and have you... Have you set it up in your backyard? That'd be kind of fun. Yeah, let's totally do it. And then I'm sure we'll get reaction. Like I'll be like, oh, look at that. Because uh, yeah. it's like my backyard. Yeah. And so we're not going to release this re- Joe Reacts video because there's nothing for him to react to. I'm like, oh, hey. We could this. make like a little eight-second reel of this is what it's like when you try to have a React video, but there's nothing to react to. Or like trying to show your kids anything about hunting or the, <laughs> or the thing that you like. Yeah. And they're like, oh, nice. And, <laughs> and not to mention, like, we were sitting on my tailgate and had the camera set up on a tripod in front of us. Just and, in case. And it was cold. Oh, yeah. Like, we're sitting there. We just got done. We're all sweaty. And, like, like it's cold. The wind is blowing. Like, it's cold. And we're only through the first trail cam because I'm just like clicking. My finger's getting tired. I'm clicking so much to try to get through all the pictures, just hoping that we get a bear or something. And I'll have to go back and just like really, because I didn't do like a good check. I'll have to go back and do a good check of them. But yeah. That's just going to be a boring, I might just delete them all. But uh, I do want to do, uh, we are going to do that. And maybe it's like one of these day trips we take to Bozeman or something that like, yep set up trail cams on the way in and Ooh, then cool. take them down on the way out and just see what comes through in a day. Um, we could try something like that. Anyway, um, that, that was, that was our entire trip. Yep. And, uh, um, I had a great weekend. Uh, the only thing that I missed, uh, or, or wished differently is that we had brought our spouses. Oh yeah. Know, as, been cool. as happily married men, like it's nice to have your wife with you. Yeah. And also there might've been a few people that thought we were, we were partners, yeah, you know? Maybe. And, uh, um, I'm okay with that. Like if people want to think that about me, like I'm, I'm fine with that, but, uh, I, I don't want to, you know, maybe Shannon, right. Uh, from Gastronome. Oh yeah. It's probably like, Oh, I want to support these guys getting into the hunting community. It might be for a different reason, right? Like she just wants to be so supportive. Well, whatever works. <laughs> yeah. But if it got us in, to yeah. have a great talk and meeting with Shannon, then I'm fine with it. Yeah, I'm not embarrassed. It's your mistake, but I'm not embarrassed to yeah. d- capitalize on that. Yeah, <laughs> yep. totally capitalize on that. <laughs> but uh, that, that that would be the only thing I would change is next year, uh, when and if we go, uh, definitely bringing our wives with us. And you know what? We could, uh, if the, if one or both or any of them want to stay with my aunt and uncle, they said, hey, that, just come stay with us. Two extra rooms. Yep. Yep. And we wouldn't even have to camp. Nope. We could just like stay in comfortable beds. With yeah. electricity yep. and well, bathrooms. Yeah, just have fun and be comfortable and learn more about the outdoors world, which is multifaceted, I've come to find out. You mm. know, there's the economy around it. There's the the style. There's the, there's the politics, you know, and then there's the conservation piece, which is like kind of cool and unexpected. Um, that kind of deals a little close to home, you know, hits, hits real close to home. So it's like, I think that was the spark that really got me into like, okay, well, man, I really want to like, I, I want to put my finger on the pulse of what's happening, happening politically with our, um, with our public lands. And I was told by more than, I think more than one person kind of brought this up. And I, I think I even, I think it was even on that podcast uh, that, cause I listened to Woodside that first episode with Randy, uh, Newberg and um, Ben O'Brien, and they mentioned that this current 
administration is like something that Randy's not seen in 30 years, which is they came in and instead of saying, okay, guys, let's, we're going to refurbish these rules or whatever, we're going to, you know, um, make recommendations and do all this stuff and uh, kind of do the same thing that they've always done. You know, one, one political party comes in and they want to deal with public lands thusly. Another side comes in and they want to deal with political um, or public lands in another way. And the current one they were saying, is the first time they've ever seen someone come in and just like take a fire hose to everything and say that they they want public uh, comment and then cancel public comment and then go ahead and just like propose the bill anyways and then go whoopsie daisy and all this weird stuff is going on and I'm like whoa that you know that does kind of sound shady mm-hmm. I mean it just I don't know well because I have no information. Um, but the people that are dealing with it and kind of going there and speaking on behalf and actually advocating are like, hey, some real crazy stuff is going on right now. And the, the least we could all do is maybe um, spread the word and uh, kind of look into what's going on. And, mm-hmm. and, and if we need to, sign a petition or show up to a meeting and, and, and say, hey, guys, this isn't, this isn't the way this is needing to be done. There needs to be a... Um, there needs to be a partnership between the government and the people that they govern. So let's let's get back to that, yeah, or whatever. And I was like, "Whoa, that's so interesting." All right, man, we're gonna fight for the little guy against the big corporate interests because they're they're worried. Um, I think Randy was mentioning that. <clears throat> I don't think he named any names, but it just sounds like. Um, um, you know, it seems like the government will go one way and say, oh yeah, everything's going to be good. We want public comment. We're going to go this way with public lands and, and all this stuff. And then they'll have a meeting with uh, someone's um, lobbyist from a big money corporation and all of a sudden the public comment portion is canceled and they're going to go a completely different way than they said they were going to just the night before. And they're like, mm, that seems shady. Right. It looks like somebody's coming in and doing a back 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 room deal and uh, money's changing hands or opportunities changing hands and all of a sudden what the people want is being ignored just to make a maybe make a quick buck or get to that uh, next political yeah and I don't I, I, I do want to say it doesn't it's not like it it's not like actual money changing hands but down the road it turns in that, that that we right? know of yeah, yeah right like don't do that don't make that law don't go that way because in a couple years we're gonna we're gonna give to your campaign and then maybe you know, we want to whatever. develop on that land and we want to have the sole yep. chance to or whatever yeah, whatever you know, it may who be because we're, we're, yeah, we're, there was a huge thing with the wilkes brothers and um elk tags and late night deals that happened right here in montana and yeah, so okay. since then montana has been like hey we realize that what this looks like we want to try to fix it i've gotten several emails from montana fish wildlife and parks that have been like hey Here's when, and they, it used to be BHA I was getting those from. Like, mm-hmm. here's, here's when public comment can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, Fish, Wildlife, and Parks is sending those out now. And they're mm. like, hey, we're going to try to be more open. And we're going to try to, yeah. you know, cause, because organizations like BHA did such a good job at um, encouraging people to reach out and say, hey, this isn't fair. This isn't what should happen. That's cool, man. They're seeing, they're seeing that. And, and like, I, like I said earlier, I just want to reiterate your interest in the the advocacy and conservation has Mm -hmm. piqued my interest as well. I've Mm -hmm. always been slightly interested, but never enough to, to walk up to the AFI and say, let's do this. Mm -hmm. Right. Let's do this Um, guys and gals. But, but just to know that this is an opportunity that you and I could have to, um, you know, recreate in the outdoors. And, and if this is what you're interested in, I totally want to be interested in it as well. Like, let's let's totally like make this a thing that we can. 
I don't know what we could do, but I know you can you can bring music, yeah, and and I can bring knowledge, mm-hmm. and we can go on some of these hunts or conservation things, and and try to bring our our personality and whatever influence we may have, and and help people overcome some of these. Um, you know, mental things that may may be going on or whatever may be going on because of their service to our country. Oh, yeah. And so I'm excited about that. Cool. It is kind of fun. I mean, yeah, it feels like um, really engaging mm-hmm. with, with where you're at. You know, like we've, I've always considered myself a Montana ever since I moved here in the seventh grade. Um, but I've been, it's like, you, I just had this sense that government, there's enough people watching government. Mm-hmm. There's enough extreme people on I, groups on either side, like lighting fires and, and keeping, keeping people in line in government and watching them like hawks, you know, and you realize that there's not. Right. Like, I think that they, that's what they want you to think. Yeah, that's right? that's what they want you. They want to make those meetings hard to get to. They want to f- can make it confusing language. And and so to discourage people and just be like, you know what, guys, we got it. You elected us. We're going to do the right thing. Don't worry about it. Right. And when I realized that that's, that's, that's the wrong way to be, you know, because, I mean, when you get out of the military or whatever your thing is, there's a there's a point in a lot of people's lives when they just want to disengage from everything that is political or stressful Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm, that, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm guilty of that. Like I, I didn't participate for so long. And then when you start to participate and you're like, Whoa, man, if you wanted to start participating in the last four or five years, you were in for a roller coaster because it's been kind of, it hasn't been easy going. Mm -hmm. Um, But then to, but then when you're like, you find something that you care about that's local to you, that actually affects you because you know when I really like it, it like hit me like a um, ton of bricks when I realized I might not have access to my Second Amendment, <laughs> right? And I mean, right. I, it's not like I really cared before because I thought it was there, and right. I didn't, I didn't right. think I had to worry about it, right? And then I realized, wait, that's actually not a black and white area. That's gray all of a sudden, and I actually thought I was on the other side. Like I just didn't have it. Like, yeah, I couldn't have a gun, and I was like, whoa. I mean, geez, all of a sudden I've been thinking about it and I got this interest in it and I've been doing research on these, uh, these, these guns and I realized I, maybe I can't even own one at, at this point. And so I was going to reach out to a, a gun shop or whoever and just say, well, what would be the steps to maybe get rid of this card if I, if I could make it, that, make it happen and then just to get, what are the steps yeah. you know, to get it back? What would I have to do? And then to realize that, well, it's this gray area and you're actually okay and... But 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 Gosh. that same exact thing could happen to any of the other rights. You yeah. know, you may not be aware of every fishing access site or piece of state land that's within driving distance of us in Great Falls right now, right? But now I'm so interested. But it's like it's like <laughs> where are they? What if they took one of those away and you just had until until had you no were idea. like right, and you just had no idea. Didn't know I had it. Right. You know? And so and so it's like, man, if we could if we could be the eyes and ears that you thought were on it, uh-huh. and we can be that because <laughs> there's no eyes and ears on it, <laughs> right? Right, you know, um, and 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 advocate again. Not even if you just want to hunt and fish, but if you just you just want to make sure we continue to have the freedoms that we are born with, that, yeah. that we should have, um, and, and the ability to have this public land with public animals. Um, that's the, that's the, and I think we've, we've talked about it previously, but that's the difference between us and almost every other country. Yeah. Like in England, you don't, you don't, no one hunts. 
You get to hunt if you're a landed gentry. Right. And and they own the animals. Yeah, so state like if owned I got everything. Per- right. Well, no, it's not even state owned. Oh. It's it's royal family. That, yeah, yeah. Like if you're of the royal family and you have a couple hundred to a couple thousand acres, you own the animals on there. And so even if I was a professional hunter hired to help cull the herd and and manage the population of, of animals on your property, once I shot that animal, it doesn't change ownership. It's mm. still it's still the landowners. It's it's just like a car. So yeah. just because I shoot your car, Joe, doesn't mean I own it, right? And so like they actually own the animals and there's not much um of like a, a regulations over any of that. Like yeah. it's their land. They own the, the hunting rights. They own the, you know, all of that. Well, if you're listening right now and you, you haven't been involved in hunting, much like Joe, you may not know, but like the elk and deer that you see are ours. Like you have every right to that, just like the landowner that, that owns the land it may be on. Mm-hmm. Um, like th- those are our animals and we should care that they're, they're cared for properly, that the regulations are, are legal and, you know, Either not going to let them get too populated, which then causes problems of vehicle collision, disease spreads quicker, you know, all of this stuff, or that they become extinct because there's too many tags for them, yeah. or that this guy on private land is trapping animals, you know, whatever it may be. Like, we should be interested in those things. It's just another um, natural resource. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. Yeah. It's just like somebody damming up water and taking it all for themselves and not letting the farmers have it, you know, yeah. whatever, whatever. It's a way that we need to um, manage natural resource and and to make sure that um, to make sure that it's available for the enjoyment of our grandkids. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what got me. Mm-hmm. You know, this work we're doing is basically just to make Mother Nature as healthy as she can be, and and what is still public, let's keep it public so that it can be enjoyed by people that will be here. Because I mean, I, I can't remember who was saying this, but there's the people that are alive right now are just a, such a small number compared to the people that are going to come after us, mm-hmm. you know, because it's such an exponential number. Mm-hmm. But um, that hit me. I was like, oh, this is a, it feels like a, you know, you're not, when you, when you join a job or a, or a nonprofit or something and you're not really sure if it, the way they're doing it is right or if this is the right mission, this feels like a really good mission. Mm. You know, I, I can't find any, neg- I'm not finding any negativity in it. I'm like, ah, it just feels like, gosh, feels like, um, you know, he should be recycling more, you know, because they're like, <laughs> yeah, that's going to save the planet. And then you find out that recycling is mostly bullshit. Um, this feels like the right thing or the, that we should be doing to get more involved in just a- advocating for our own rights and or and or teaching other people how to and to, how to understand them. And then to realize that, man, if you didn't really think that there was an, a lot to do to, re- to maybe figure out where you can utilize a map of public lands that have any numerous things and activities available on them, depending mm-hmm. on your climate, mm-hmm. you know, where you're at. Right. So, right. yeah, yeah. It just seems like, wow, it's, I, it's really interesting, you know, to learn more about your surroundings. Um, it's really interesting to have a perspective finally. Like I'm, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to to go into politics. Like it's hard to learn about the law. You know, lawyers focus on one 
aspect of the law. They don't know the law. Like I'm a insurance lawyer and I'm a criminal lawyer and I, you know, the, and I'm a divorce lawyer. And these are people need to specialize because there's just so much. Mm -hmm. And when you want to like, as a citizen, think about like participating in the word politics. I mean, it just sounds, it just seems like so much, Mm -hmm. but if there is something that you, you feel passionate about and want to know more about, like this is just like one thing that touches me in more than two ways you know, the vet aspect of it, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and then just being, being on the side of uh, the public and having access and kind of, kind of balancing that against the private um, landowner that wants to just gobble it up for themselves. Mm. You know, yeah. cause I think there's a lot of that already. I think that there's plenty of private land that to go around. There's not enough places to live <laughs> uh, <laughs> because people need a 10,000, acre ranch with one house on it to have two people living in it that Mm -hmm. made a bunch of money for themselves and hey man good for you but we all are this nature that we live in is for everybody not just for you Mm -hmm. you know and so um i i think that it's a good that's a good way to balance it say hey these are public lands these are for everyone and there are rules attached to them so that they can remain unmolested you know what i mean and we don't ruin this population or that tree or that whatever right 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 right. so that's all interesting it's so it's like it narrows the field for me it's like oh if i just think of it like this like i just want to keep this available Mm -hmm. and and to do so i need to learn more about this this and this and those meetings or maybe these people Mm -hmm. or that website that's going to give me these you know emails like uh wildlife fish and game maybe maybe they're the ones that i should tap into to get you know uh the emails and they're going to tell me hey this is public comment time oh and here's and what to find information we're already signed up now for the bha emails and they, yeah. they will also let us know because uh, there's a montana chapter feels and like so they'll send us emails letting us know it's cool because it feels like i don't know it's enriching i don't know i wish there's a better word for it i feel like i'm doing like a good thing not just like trying to um not just like trying to create a podcast or like a, be a successful person, you know, and find the thing. I'm, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm following again. We're following our interest. Like mm-hmm. what, what genuinely piqued my interest? Because a lot of the stuff is confusing, and a lot of the stuff doesn't interest me. Right. But some of it does from a certain perspective. Well, and that 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 brings me to uh, one other point. Is before we left, you had talked about like I'm, I'm really hoping somebody here can tell me how. I, someone who doesn't enjoy being outside because of all the reasons we already listed, sunscreen and bug spray and mosquitoes and all of that. Um, If someone could show me how I can enjoy hunting because I know what I'm getting in return. I know I'm getting clean food. I know I'm getting, you know, this protein packed meat that isn't full of, you know, steroids and everything else. You know, Mm -hmm. um, I would love for someone to show me how I can enjoy that. Mm -hmm. And that still may not be the thing, right? Like you're not there yet to say, I am an avid hunter and I'm going to get all my meat, you know, like, like yeah, you're not there, yeah. nope. but, but your gateway in is going to be like, well, let's just start volunteering and, and, and observing as, uh, as people are enjoying. Right. And mm-hmm. I, and, and, and then you can get this sense of fulfillment of, of doing your civic duty of, of volunteering and helping out while also learning how are they getting the enjoyment while they're doing this, you know? And, and so I, I think it's a great avenue for us to continue to pursue. And the AFI guys told us to wait a couple of weeks because they've gone through a few changes and staffing things. And yeah. so in a couple of weeks, we'll, we'll email them. I've got the, uh, the guy's email right here. 
Oh, me, good. Let me remember. Uh, Scott Carroll. That's not his email. I got his phone number. Um, so Scott, you know, we'll be giving you a call as, as we figure things out. Um, and then there is an email down here for Trevor Hubs. And I think Trevor Hubs was the one staff member AFI has. Was he the one that um, he sp- par- parachute he spoke, story? He sp- yeah, he spoke during the campfire stories. And, and he I fell out and his parachute didn't work or whatever, and he hit the ground. Was that the one? I, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, same one. Same <laughs> okay, one. he's a funny guy. Yeah, funny guy. And he's the one staff member through BHA that, that does the AFI. So we have his phone number and email, and we have uh, Scott, who I think is the Montana guy, but he just now took over Montana as a region. So he, d- he wasn't aware of... A lot of stuff because he was just like, you know, I, I just took over and now we're here, you know. Oh, gotcha. and, so, yep. and so it's like, yeah, let's give him some patience. But at the same time, you and I can be doing research and we can be, you know, up to speed yeah. when we do decide to meet with him and maybe even have a couple th- options of like, hey, we're going to have a veterans. We have an idea for a veterans gathering to go clean up this fishing access or, you know, what you know, we this. could uh, maybe we could find out if there's already like a relationship between them and like Eagle Mount locally. You know, or some one of the one of the other like uh, veteran groups locally, like the vet center, or I was gonna say like uh, Eagle Mount. I don't think is veteran sure. specific. They're okay. they're just a horse equine therapy. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so they 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 may help vets, but also at their things. Oh, I can't. Maybe I can't remember the name of the guys that are always. Um, they fill up the backpack full of ID tags. I think I'm on a long hike with veterans. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. Somebody listening is gonna be like, "This is who you were talking about," but I wasn't. I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, you know, maybe, know maybe we could to. find out if there's an existing relationship locally with one of the groups, honestly, and then maybe we could tap into that. Mm-hmm. So that'll be. I'll, I'll I'll try to do some research on that. Well, honestly, I think there there may or may not be a Great Falls guy. Yeah, and if there isn't, I think we then become the guys. Hey, like we just tell them, hey, we can be the contact in Great Falls that. If there's anything within an hour of here, we'll help organize and contact things and yeah. gather up. You know, you, you you have to go to different local businesses and say, hey, would you like to donate to this? Well, we just did that. You know, like we, we yeah. know how to do those things. We have a, we have a particular set of skills <laughs> that we've acquired over a long career in working right. in nonprofits. And so <laughs> I think it just, it, it, and it, it, it serves two purposes, right? Like it helps us network. Uh, as a podcast, yeah. you know, as we're talking with people, but then also the networking we've already done, we can put to use in helping getting more people involved. Okay. I so like it. I'm excited for that. That, that That's going to kind of be the phone calls. Who's the guy so we can go talk to him? If there isn't a guy, can we be the guy? Zzz, guys. Yep. That sounds good. But, uh, but so yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. That those things, let me think. Um, stag arms was cool. So the AR, the AR angle is kind of weird. It's kind of weird how um, how I have to consider that um, the veterans approach through AFI and BHA, all the acronyms. That's pretty cool. Um, the weird, the weird clothing, the weird like it's like it's it's interesting how focused everything is on fashion, you know. That's, but nobody's as obvious as you were making it to me as I was walking around, mm-hmm. no one's talking like that, right? Like, mm-hmm. like you had actually mentioned at Brewfest, it almost seemed like a red carpet mm-hmm. as people to you, cause mm-hmm. you were wearing the vintage Sims. <laughs> how many people commented on your clothes? And you're like, yeah. you're like, this is shocking because I really thought this was a group of people that didn't care about clothes because yeah, they're yeah. just wearing camo to 
go grocery shopping. So like, you know, they must not care about clothes, but then you're like, they absolutely do. What I have to tell you from my perspective, it's not that like, um, like I have this huge care of who's wearing Prada or anything else. But what I do know is that my particular brand is the most comfortable, not just camouflage I've ever worn. Like it's the most comfortable pair of pants I own without a doubt if it was socially acceptable for me, I would just own four pairs of those and just always wear my pants because the only other pair of pants that I own that are as close to as comfortable would be considered like pajama pants, mm-hmm. but somehow they're rugged. They like breathe well, they, they last a long time, like all of that. And so I know all of these people, like they take pride in having good quality products. Mm-hmm. And so it may not necessarily be the, the like name brand, Oh, you're wearing, again, we've said Prada and Gucci, right? Uh-huh. Uh, you're wearing Sitka or, or First Light or Kuyu or Numa, right? Those are these brands. Um, but more like a uh, 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 reverent respect for each other and how much money you've spent to mm-hmm. be comfortable and also warm or not too hot or, you know, whatever it may be for that particular thing. Yeah. It's kind of like being in the military again. You know, who's got, <laughs> who's, got the, everywhere. Who, who's got the best gear, you yeah. know, and everything is about comfort and because mm-hmm. being in the military is literally just being uncomfortable. That's, uh, yep. No. And, and that's what hunting is, is like trying to make this uncomfortable thing as comfortable as possible, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's in your what you're drinking, what you're eating, as we realized with with several food companies and yep. how water filter places and how many different, you know, tents and bed mats and all sorts of stuff right you want your feet to be comfortable you want your water to taste good and not kill you and yeah. also not be heavy to try to get it that way you want, <laughs> you want your food to be like delicious but not too heavy but like have the right nutrition like oh my gosh it's just so much and, it, for, and for me that's the enjoyment of it is how much there is is uh there's something wrong in my brain where like i can't focus on the same thing you know like i really like pursuing something but in that pursuit there's so many different things i can look at and focus on and you know mm-hmm. so it's like right now i'm thinking about my my tent for this year because my wife wants me to get another tent so we can camp as because i only have a two-person tent and uh-huh. i have kids and so it's like yeah. she wants me to get another tent and so i'm thinking about that and i'm Ooh. always <laughs> thinking about ammo and broadheads and bows and like it's just for me it's just a lot of fun to be interested in these things and then then learn learn new stuff and keep going on but yeah just that you pointed out like this is like red carpet man when Mm -hmm. you see jennifer aniston talking to j-lo and they're like oh who made your dress right that's how you kind of felt is they're like where'd you get that vintage sims coat from you know yeah it was weird and then uh oh nice mustache you must be a fan of Ryan <laughs> McCullough or whatever. The, the, uh, Ryan Callahan. Ryan Callahan. Ryan, Ryan Callahan. Yeah, he has probably the best be- uh, mustache in the business. And I also have to say Mark Kenyon, who was the first speaker for Campfire Stories, I didn't recognize him because his recognizable feature is a goatee. Oh. And he had the Ryan Callahan mustache. Yeah. And so I'm like, that's not him. Yeah. Like, I don't know who's up there right now, but because we were seated quite a ways away up in the balcony, you know, yeah. a little ways away. Uh, but it was Mark Kenyon. He did a great job yeah. uh, speaking, but uh, I didn't recognize him because he had that mustache. But uh, so many mustaches, so many beards, so many um, long hair in the back yep. for this like um, Republican, you know, meeting. 
of all these people. There was a lot of people with long hair and mustaches and yeah. hair, hairy from a, a group that's known for like being clean cut, not hippie-ish. Bunch of hippies. A lot of hippies <laughs> walking around there if you just go off off looks. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's weird. But it was interesting. So, you know, here we go. Yeah. I'm and, interested. And so thank you, Alpen Fuel, for um, – I know you didn't like give us the tickets, but – you were the ones that provided them through your giveaway. Thanks so, for having the giveaway. Yeah, awesome. thanks for having the giveaway, and I'm glad that um, we were we were the ones that were able to win it, and then also get to spend some time with you. I hope it was productive for you as well. Uh, thank you, Josh Mills. Uh, you didn't have to answer the email from me that I stole because Alpen Fuel forwarded it about the giveaway tickets, hey. <laughs> and that's how I got a hold of you. And I, I just appreciate you. Uh, yeah, too two little local podcasters that you spent some time with and, and made feel welcome. And then everyone else, as we've already said, thank you. Just thanks again. Yeah, it was fun. I did have fun. Thanks everyone for being so accommodating and for answering my noob questions. I'll have many more of them. Okay. And, um, I'm, I'll share my experiences with everyone and hopefully you'll, you'll be answering not just my question, but the questions of countless of people that I will bother with my stories. <laughs> and and uh we are confirmed to to meet with uh gastronome and that's going to be we're meeting with her next week and so that possibly I, I we don't have the schedule up like right now it could be the one that releases next week um we've got actually a lot of podcasts in the in the bank right now in the hopper yeah so we've got a, a former judge current lawyer that's running again to be a judge uh, Michelle Levine, Levine. Uh, oh gosh, maybe. But yes, spelled one, that one way. of those. Yep, yep, it's spelled that way. Uh, we're we're recording with her. That'll come out this week, and then Home Tana. It's a new uh, a store right here in Great Falls that sells Montana stuff. Mm-hmm. They were originally in Missoula. They just had the grand opening a couple weeks ago. We're going to be meeting with her, and then and then we're meeting with Gastronome, and then we have another person running for office. And so we got a lot of stuff coming up, guys. Uh, yeah. Uh, you should tune in. Yeah. Tune in. Again, thank you so much uh, for, for joining us today, especially this this long version. Oh, Joe, we have, new, we have new background music to play as we're ending. Is it a heavy? Was it a heavy mood or a medium mood? I think we should, we should show people both, maybe. I don't remember what they sound like. Okay, this is the medium uh, ending music that we're thinking about using. Oh, this has been, a, been a good cool. podcast. Good, good podcast. Yeah. yeah, this is all original music from Joe. Yeah, um, just to pick, put people uh, a little taste of what you get through Patreon is uh, some behind the scenes. Well, the behind yeah. the scenes is is we had a paid subscription for the background music we were using before, which was a few dollars a month. They gave us a right to use the music. Well, I decided to stop paying for it. Yeah, because we have a music writer. Yeah. And so I was like, hey, Joe, I got a project for you. And this is what he came up with. This is a good way to end a podcast. Like, I like this one. Oh, I forgot that the drums came in. <laughs> yeah. I like this one. It's good. So what's the what's the heavy mood? What's the heavy mood one? You um, want to listen to that one or maybe just save it? Now let's, we could listen to that one, too. All right, let's, let's hear it. Let's hear it. So that was... I named. I don't know why I named it heavy mood and medium mood. Maybe just if we're gonna end on a that was a really heavy yeah. <laughs> subject. I don't know. 
This one is heavier. It's so heavy. This one's actually. Come see us this Sunday yeah. at the Monster Truck Rally. Yeah, it doesn't feel as much as like a closing out song. No, this one's like. But more like, welcome back from commercial break. Yeah, welcome back to. Um. Um. Black Knife Coffee. <laughs> Where we have the most extreme reviews of the darkest brews. Wow, that hey, was good. That just came out. Yeah, man. that was good. We yeah. might have to do something like that. Yeah. <laughs> this one's a little. This is like a. This is like a heavy metal garage band. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hey guys, you just give me a heavy beat, and I'm just gonna. But but also, Joe came up with these in less than an hour both of them oh yeah like just sitting here as i was doing some editing and posting of things uh joe was joe was putting those together so yeah it's definitely a medium mood and i think that one's better for for closing out yeah but if we ever do like a um if we ever do like a commercial for like a really like macho like fire and skulls and like a really just like an aggressive brand Mm mm-hmm I mean, we'll just knock it out of the park, basically. Yeah. But this is a good way to just end, you know, yeah, just like an end um, regular old podcast, you know? Yeah. Um, I still like the intro. It's just friendly. It and, is. Uh, it is. I wanted to say something about our new motto. Like, I want people to hear our motto a lot of yeah. we bring the campfire to you. You know, I'm going to think about it because um, I was impressed with uh, Ben O'Brien's intro. He had a friend of his actually write um, a pretty good little folk folk song, folk rock, folk bluesy swamp thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I like that. And he lets it play, too. Like, he plays a lot of the song, and you get to hear the verse and the chorus. I was like, whoa, that's a cool intro. Yeah. So uh, that got me thinking. I was like, oh, maybe I could do something like that because, like, I don't. I don't. I don't need a friend that can do that. So, so on his old I, show, I am the friend. He had it was him and uh, Phil, Phil the engineer, and Phil would create these songs, and so they would do these little segments of like you could send in your stories, um, and like the winner of that, they would play a little intro, right? They'd, um, and so the, it was sponsored by somebody. So yeah. uh, I know that was sponsored by WorkSharp. Oh. Which were the the knife sharpening things that you saw? Oh, those are cool. I still remember the song. Work sharp, not a sharp moment. Sharp, so you don't have to be. There oh, you go. Cool. And it, but it was really funny. It was a really quick little thing. And so he's huh. always had like cool little like tunes and stuff when developing a podcast. Okay. And like I still remember the work sharp kind of intro because. It was not sharp moments. That's what it was called. And you would send in like these dumb things you did out in the field. And the uh-huh. winners would then, you know, their stories would be read right after that little little intro music. Wicked. Yeah. But I, I yeah. And so I'm glad you're intrigued because I do like our intro, but I, I do think it's, it's time for a, an upgrade. Yeah. Time for an upgrade. And I have just the guy to do it. Mm-hmm. Joe Ryan. Yeah. Well, I'll get on that. Um, there's lots of songs to write. There's lots of um, there's so many so many different topics that I'm gonna per- put into song form. 
Oh um, yeah, we're probably going to have a song about the BHA Rendezvous that will yeah. be coming out. Uh, we just have so many podcasts right now that it may not be for a little bit that that if, song comes out. But. If I can sneak it in, I might just do it at home and just try to do it that and just send it, send you like little clips and be like, hey, am I on the right track? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. For, I mean, for per project, you know, because yep. I have a couple ideas. But in order to get some of that stuff, you're going to have to be on our Patreon. So yep, get on so over true. there. That's so true. If you're still listening now, after we've kind of rambled on, knowing that we were going to close, like if I was listening to this podcast, I would have probably stopped listening by hey, now. Click Because you know the meat of it's done. Yeah. You're like, I'm not going to get anything valuable. I'm going to go on to the next podcast now. If you're still listening, you are our Patreon supporter. Yeah. <laughs> like, go over there. Yeah. And, you're, and you're, you're already a patron. Yeah. Why not be a patron? Yeah. And so for $5, $20, $100, you can make sure that this podcast lives on yeah. for eternity. And listen to this mu- music bed that we're speaking over. I mean, <laughs> I, I could be like, I could be just like pouring my heart into more of this. Yeah. You know, and it, that could be for you. And it will be for you. It will be for you. Because I'm watching you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, right. don't, I don't let's, know where you are. Let's get out of here. <laughs> All right. Thanks. I've been Brian. I've been Joe. We'll We'll see see you next show. show.